And we are live for Superior's Podcast 106, hosted by myself, Charlie, and the Hooper. Manny the Hooper has returned. We've got a lot to get into, as always, including our weekly AW Dynamite review. First things first, please like, subscribe, send any questions, any takes, anything like that. We'll get them read out. Hit the post notifications. Hope everyone's doing good. And happy Thanksgiving, everyone, to all our US friends over there. And uh, to Manny the Hooper, of course. Me and Charlie, you know... uh, I don't know, I'll lock one up for my for my US friends or something <laughs> later on today. Yeah, or, you know, but happy Thanksgiving everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Manny the Hooper, you have returned as a Thanksgiving gift. How's it going? Uh, my morning's going good compared to some people's. Um whoa, 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 whoa. What does that mean? <laughs> What's happened? A certain basketball players getting packed up right now, I mean. Oh, yeah. oh, I know. You. Those, yeah. I, I saw that. See, even across the pond, man, we we, mm-hmm. we know when an NBA player gets out, it is a pedophile, you know. So um, <laughs> oh. that that spreads far and wide. Trust me, man. <laughs> so and then I don't know. I got to cook. I got to cook later for a party at five. So it's gonna be a long day. Why did you have a Thanksgiving party? That sounds like a good thing. And you hope <laughs> and look for the side, like it's a chore, you know? What's going on there, bro? It kind of is. I mean, fuck. I mean, it's just a lot of chaos going on right now. So that I got to do. Uh-huh. Well, I hope uh, I hope you have a good time anyway, you know? Well, Charlie, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. I do not celebrate, but hope everyone else is having a good one that celebrates. Um, I haven't really done anything today. I've done some writing. I'm fixing my sleep schedule. It's about it. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it's it's, it's an early one. I think this is one of the earliest podcasts we've ever done, genuinely. Um, Noon Eastern. It's 5pm here in the UK, but because, you know, me and Charlie Mm -hmm. are basically on US sleep schedule. <laughs> it's um <laughs> this is this is it feels early for me as well, you know, even though it's dark out and all yeah, that stuff. It's, uh, it's it's weird. It's weird. But we're here. We're gonna review Dynamite. Continental Classic got underway yesterday. The lineups got announced yesterday and I wanna kinda of talk about that a bit. We did our um we did our live reaction stream for the Continental Classic mm-hmm. bracket yesterday and it was a good time man. it was a good time. It looks like a lot of people tuned into it as well. So uh, appreciate everyone who tuned into that one. If you haven't seen it, and uh, I don't know, you've got a spare. Why is it got three hours? <laughs> tune into it again. Hours. We, we know, were just but, uh, shit after. It was very funny. But many of the Hooper, I believe, was at work, and we didn't get to see his reactions and his takes on the Blue League and the Gold League. So we're gonna kind of. I want to start there. I want to talk about the Continental Classic. In uh, you know, we've had it. We've had a day to sleep on it and stuff like that. You know, and. Uh, talk about some predictions what league we prefer all that good stuff but Manny do you think <laughs> look at the way he's sitting all, <laughs> all right Manny do you think that the lineup for the Continental Classic delivered that's the first thing I'm going to ask you yeah I think it delivered uh I was okay with Jay Lethal being in it because I thought he was going to be a good wrestler but then uh, after last <laughs> night's uh I don't know how I don't know how many how many average good matches I can have, you know. I, you know, they probably put they should probably put a Takeshi in there or something, you know, to even it out. But besides that, I mean, I, I'm pretty happy, and uh, I was really shocked because Tony Khan never d- puts this many good wrestlers in one tournament. So, uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. 
It does definitely feel like a little bit of a step out of the norm for these tournaments, you know. Like there's there's like one or two clear pin eaters. Like you expect you're gonna expect Daniel Garcia to lose quite a few of his matches, but that kind of fits the story that you hope that they're telling at the moment and he's not just losing these matches for nothing, you know. (laughs) Then of course there's Jay Lethal as well, which is kind of the one that He's been getting it on Twitter from uh, some of the yeah. AEW faithfuls, you know. Like when they saw the lineup, it's just kind of like Jay Lethal does kind of stick out as the one that doesn't have a lot of fanfare, to say the least. But you know, it's uh... so funny that Tony Khan loves that era of Ring of Honor so much. You know, just... we all do. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't love Jay Lethal as much as he does. You know, yeah. Hey, I would have put I would have put Roddy in that spot, but you know, that's just. Roddy or Takesha, but I think Roddy yeah. would have been awesome. Roddy's got more important things to do, clearly. Uh, to one person, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hankson, Manny without Mass in the background feels weird. It does. It does, it yeah. Does, it is weird. I know they've been down for a while, and this isn't a new thing, but I know, I know it's a lot of effort to get them back up, Manny, but sometimes is, you, you know. just... You know, you just you just gotta do these things enough, man. You know, the people mm-hmm. want it. You know, <laughs> they don't collect as much of dust anymore in my room. I mean, that's why it was a pain cleaning them. Well, you know, sometimes these are the, these are the risks we have to take. Anyway, Continental Classic, money. What league do you prefer? Blue League, Gold League. Where, where, where are you finding yourself? Live chat, where are you finding yourself? You're a gold, you're a gold league kind of guy, you're a blue league kind of guy. One yeah, uh, which league's which? I mean, I don't know which one's which. Blue league, no, all right, I'll, I'll read out, I'll read them out, you know, I'll read them out. All right, in the blue league, and I believe all the matches will be taking place on AW Collision, is Brody King, Andrade, Eddie Kingston, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castanoli, and Daniel Garcia. And the Gold League, which kicked off last night in AEW Dynamite, consists of Roosh, Jay White, John Muxley, Swerve Strickland, Mark Briscoe, and Jay Lethal. I like the Collision one better. I mean, if anything, I might, to make it perfect, I would have switched Andrade and Roosh. That's what I would have done. But besides that, I think it's, it's perfect. So... Yeah, there's some there's something about the blue league. I can't quite put my finger on it though. I'm not I'm not hundred because the gold because I was looking at it. It's like the gold league is also like incredible. You know, it's like mm-hmm. okay, like yeah, you're Charlie was in there, but you know, it's it's you got Mark Briscoe. You know, that makes up for everything from the at least anyway. Yeah. So I, I am a gold. I'm a gold league. I'm a gold league. Gold leaguer. It's got all my favourites in. You put Swerve, JY, and Rouge in the and Mark Briscoe in the same bracket. I'm there. Like that's my bracket. And Moxley, like I have like, two great I have a hot take. Uh, out of this gold league, I think we can all come to terms that uh, Rouge might be the MVP of this gold tournament. You know this gold league, and I think he might be the best wrestler in the in this little bracket of people. So, well, you are huge on Bruce, so you'd say that if anyone was in the gold league. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. I'm looking at the picture, and I and I saw what he did yesterday. He brought. I haven't seen. How would I? Jay no, White, I haven't seen Jay White wrestle like that in a long time, and he fucking brought the dog out in him, and you see how. He he got when Roosh brought out the extension cord, the place went up. They went crazy for the <laughs> extension cord. 
Yeah, they did pop for it, which is very funny. Yeah, then after Rouge, I mean, it's a toss-up between Jay or Moxley or Swerve. I mean, but obviously, this is the Rouge tournament for me. Yeah. Listen, the, uh, every Rouge match absolutely sticks out on the card, especially when he's in there with uh, someone that can quote-unquote hang with him or, you know, just mm-hmm. not get ran over by him, you know. And uh, even last night, you know, he uh, he absolutely brought it to Jay White and Jay White had to, you know, he had to grit his teeth in there a couple of times. So. Yeah. Those chops, man. Fucking brutal. But we'll get to that. Absolutely, we'll get to that. Um, all right, so Manny's a blue leaguer. Charlie's a gold leaguer. And mm-hmm. if I'm being completely transparent and honest with our wonderful audience, as always, um, I'm a blue leaguer. There's just there's just something about it, man. You know, Eddie at the front with the two belts. Yeah. You know, it just it's very real. It just you know, there's just in the gold league. I'm sorry, but you know, Jay Lethal does absolutely nothing for him. So. Yeah. Um, and I'm convinced they didn't put Roosh in the blue league because he might have killed Brian. I'm thinking if they if they <laughs> wrestled, he might have killed him. <laughs> so for the, like let's hope they don't make the final matches this year. Like when they wrestled in like February, I'm much. One of my favorite matches of the year. That's oh, beautiful stuff. It was a beautiful one. Um, that's one of the best tournaments of the year, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, Karan, 100 rupees. Appreciate the super chats. Keep them coming, people. Rouge taking 90% of a match and then losing not cleanly is his template for guys he knows won't assert themselves. Happened with Jungle Boy, Beast. He's an animal in there. You know, he'll chew you up, bro. He will and chew you And up. he'll cup check you, too. <laughs> Manny tweeted yesterday after the Roosh match. Like, someone should keep account of how many cup checks Roosh does. <laughs> like, these are the stats Manny the Hooper asked for with his, uh, with his AEW Dynamite matches, you know. It's crazy out there, man. That's, yeah. what, he, that's what he questions you as a man, a man out there in front of everybody. He says, come on, bring it to me, man. It's crazy because he, he's only done it twice in AEW and it was only the Jungle Boy and Jay White. I don't, I don't know what it says about everybody else he's wrestled or just those two guys. I mean, White dudes with long hair, you know. Could he get cup checks, boy? <laughs> 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 uh, oh, yeah, we're, we're fans of Roosh and all these, yeah. uh, these little quirks. <laughs> Darren Walker, five pounds. Appreciate you as always. Uh, will Charlie sing today after watching her sing <laughs> Judas on AEW TV last week? Welcome back, Manor. Darren, you didn't have to call me out like that. I already got caught in 4K. I'm just pretending it didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, you, you and Alexia it's... will forever be on those episodes <laughs> of television. Yeah. You know, it's... Um... It just yeah. killed me because I, I saw you post a picture before the show went on air and I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, she's probably going to be on camera at some point. Yeah. And literally as the show came on air, you and Alexia, I'm not even joking, were the very first people <laughs> showing. Yeah, they show close. <laughs> yeah, because it's, yeah. the show opens with the pyro and then it does a crowd shot and because of the way it panned in, you and Alexia were literally the first people <laughs> I saw on the show. Yeah. Oh, God bless. Good times, um, on. And you did get caught. For specific reasons, I don't really remember much of the collision taping, but I'm sure it was a great time. <laughs> like you were singing Judas, so I sure was. Can't, you can't just blame uh can't just blame the influence of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh man, he's disappeared. Oh, Scary God. times. Um Alright, let's um what else we got? What league do you prefer? We've got Manny's thoughts on the lineup. 
what do we think the final is going to be? Who do we think the, the league winners are going to be? Now that we've just kind of had a little look at them. Any any quick suggestions off the bat? Who are well, like, who's yeah, going to be the match on World's End? Or yeah, who, yeah, what's going to be the match at World's End? Who's going to make the oh, final? I, who's going to win the gold league? Briscoe Vasily. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I'm all in on it. I'm going to eliminate Andrade and Roosh because they obviously can't wrestle on New Japan. Jay White can't wrestle on New Japan. Mm. Whoa, 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 whoa. back in. No, Eddie Kingston has to give him his blessing first. That was one of the... <laughs> but if the final is Jay White versus Eddie, and he beats Eddie, Eddie would give him his blessing. I don't know. Eddie seems a very spiteful kind of guy to do that. <laughs> especially <laughs> especially when he, if he's at the first person with the triple crown. True. Yeah. A lot of people are talking about it, look, it's a shoot. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, think if they use this for Eddie vs. Mox, it's kind of a waste of the tournament because they can go to that story so easily. You don't need yeah. a whole tournament to do that. Like, let, let this be something special for someone else. And everyone complains that they don't have, like, top baby faces. Make Mark Briscoe your top baby face. Let him win the tournament. It'd be kind of funny. If, down about it. It'd be kind of funny if Claudio just takes it from Eddie again. That would be <laughs> Kind of that would be heartbreaking, man. You know, Claudio, oh, beat, Claudio beats Eddie on the last day of the Blue League. You know, that would, that would break some hearts. Oh. You know? oh, I don't know, Blue League. It's uh, no, like, like Charlie said, I think it would kind of be somewhat wasteful to use the continent, the first ever Continental Classic, as a vehicle to get to Kingston versus Moxley because that's kind of already built. You know, like you can just do that. Anyway, you could you know you could do that in two weeks. Um, not that I would suggest that because I'd want it to have like more of a build. But anyway, yeah. I want Mark Briscoe to win, but you know, Mark Briscoe for me, Mark Briscoe or Swerve has to win the Gold League mm-hmm. for my personal enjoyment. Because Maxie getting to the final, it doesn't like I love Max, but. It's just kind of not where I want to see him at the moment. Yeah. And then from the Blue League, if it's Mark in the final, I'd kind of like to see Danielson be a prick to him. <laughs> so you could do that. <laughs> then if it's Swerve, then I'd do Eddie in the final. Mm. So that's kind of where I'm at right now, people. Someone Mark Briscoe is not a top babyface in a company that's trying to get a major TV renewal. Did you see the, the, the? Do you see how over he is with the crowd? Yeah, you make him on to do all that stuff. Over Mox, and Mox is of, the ace of AEW. You got to build. You got to build stars. You got to build stars to Jizzle. You know, uh, the people that are already stars are. Who they are already, you know. So you don't need Brian Danielson and John Moxley and stuff to win this to elevate their star power. They are who they are, you know. Um, even guys like Claudio, to be very honest with you, um, everyone loves Eddie, uh, but it would be great for him to, you know, to just 
you could the triple crown, triple crown, Eddie. You know that's yeah. very, very, very tempting. Very rude. But so, a guy like Mark Briscoe has all the tools to be a top player. Like he's a great promo. Uh, he carries himself great. He's super, 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 super likable. He's a great wrestler, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's the built-in story, of course. Um, people love Mark Briscoe, bro. He's someone that you would. He's someone that I think you can roll the dice with a bit and try and give that push. And if he connects on a big, mm-hmm. big level, then it's like you've really got something there. Then if he doesn't, then it's like no one's going to blame you for trying with Mark Briscoe, bro. He's fucking awesome, you know? I can just imagine him trying to hit the J-Driller throughout the whole tournament and then finally winning the finals with it and how much that would, like, work with the crowd. And I don't understand why people don't see the vision here. Maybe I'm just a bit delusional, but... I'm going to... Me cool, man, you know. I kind of want Andrade to win it. I wouldn't be mad at it, bro. I would not no. be mad at it. There's um, no one I'd be mad at winning it. It'd be like his big AEW arrival. You know, yeah. I know he's been in the yeah. company for a while, but like not. It kinda, you know? It kind of <laughs> makes sense too with the kind of presentation they're doing with him, I guess, with Lana, right? I mean, like this big agent kind of signing kind of thing or whatever. Like, it's a big deal. So, I mean, is I. Because I know that he probably couldn't wrestle New Japan because of CMLO, but at the same time, like they wouldn't put him in this tournament if he couldn't do it. So I don't know. I'm going to go with Andrade and Swerve as the finalists for this. With Andrade going oh, over, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be mad at that. All right, Charlie, it's all over to you now. Me? Yeah, you got pick. You got pick final. I've already picked my final. I want it to be Mark and Eddie. I'm dead oh. set on this. Dead set on it. Listen, <laughs> you want one to win is Mark Briscoe. I don't. I don't think we need to make him the top babyface of the entire company. Mm. But like, that seat is pretty comfortably taken by MJF, you know. But like, yeah. would I like MJF's stuff to have some tweaks? Yeah. But at the end of the day, he's the world champion. He's the top babyface in the company, pretty clearly, etc., etc., etc. But I would like to see Mark Briscoe kind of get elevated. You know, into like an important role in the company. So, mm-hmm. uh, listen, I wanted Mark Briscoe to challenge for the Ring of Honor World Championship at World's End, anyways. And I tweeted that like two or three weeks before this tournament was announced. And then this tournament fell into my lap. And now I'm convinced that this is what's going to happen. So, okay. Well, my actual predictions would be uh, of what I think's going to happen will be a Kingston Max final. Or Swerve Danielson final. It would be like my predictions what I think TK will actually do. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be pushing that Mark Briscoe agenda, so tune in. Um. (laughs) 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 See, after last night, uh, because he got cheered, I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter. He's seen it mentioned in the chat. I think, yes, the Jizzle said it. Was it? Yes. People, this talk of uh, Swerve's probably going to turn babyface or Swerve oh. should turn babyface. Oh. Just because, okay, he just he had an awesome moment, of course, and he's got the, you know, Prince Nana and stuff gets cheered and stuff anyway, but like, him as a character has been getting booze in like, recent like, months and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he did, he had an awesome match with Hangman and he got very, obviously, he got very over and the crowd, has a, especially the AEW audience, has like a massive, massive appreciation for that. So, of course, he got cheered when he came out yesterday, you know. It's almost like a, a respectful one. Um, yeah. I don't think the solution to that is to kind of just give in 
to it and be like, oh, let's flip him baby face. Especially somebody like Swerve, who I think, in my opinion, is so clearly naturally better as a heel. Uh, and he has been throughout his career. So I think just to, just because he did something awesome with Hangman, you know, uh, and he's got he's going to get cheers for a bit because he's just an awesome wrestler, you know. Um, I don't think you should give in to that and just flip him by face. If anything, that's actually quite lazy. You should think of something to get heat back on him, you know. Um, did he not remember what he did to Nick Wayne not three months ago? Like he, like he is a diabolical heel. He just had a really fucking cool match, like and. <clears throat> Putting him against Jay Lufo in the first match after that Texas Death match was a choice. But when he has a match against a babyface, like people will see again that he he's a heel through and through. And he's great at it. Yeah. And also he's so naturally oh, he's just so much better as a heel, I think. You know, yeah. he feel, he feels just so much more natural. Um and he just he's all of his best performances throughout his career have been as a heel, I believe. So you know. Um yeah, baby, baby face well. I just don't. I don't think that's even an idea they should think about. And if you go to our interview, cheap plug again. Uh, what AO and Ibu done with him? He's talking about like um, after losing at Wembley, like these first few months has, has been like the transition of his character into being like someone who's fucking lost it. Basically, mm-hmm. we first saw it with him attacking Nick Wayne, as Charlie just mentioned, and he was like, "Who's going to be my first victim?" And he was like, "It was Hangman Adam Page." And then, of course, he just then nearly damn near murdered him in the Texas death match. Yeah. So for him to be like, oh, yeah, I've, I've arrived as a big heel now, just to flip babyface in a couple months would be, like I said, it's actually quite lazy, you know? Yeah. It would be very lazy of like TK to. I don't think they are, but I've seen a lot of fans suggest it and stuff. I just don't think that would be the move at all for Swerve. Um, just have him kill someone like Mark Briscoe, and he's going to get booed again very easily. Like, if it becomes a reoccurring issue, in the sense of, like, say, if he kills a Mark Briscoe and they're like, oh, that was awesome, and they're cheering the next week or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'd, I don't know what I'd do, but there's definitely options. One of them, one of them <clears> that I thought of, I don't think many people are like, which is I'd spend a couple of weeks really getting Nana over, and then I'd have to fucking kill him. <laughs> that would 100 get a lot. Of, that would get a lot of heat on him. I know it would. Yeah. So. Well, I think the problem is like you're gonna. It happens all the time in all kind of facets of media where the cool bad guy is gonna eventually become cool and everybody's gonna like him. It happens all the time. So mm-hmm. the way Swerve just carries himself and the way he wrestles and all that is just, just a fucking cool guy. I mean, it sucks. Like, I mean, it's not like the old wrestling where the guys be here all the time. So. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna have to balance it to where he can still do cool stuff and be cool, like this cool anti-hero kind of thing, but also be like a scumbag. But I don't know. I don't know how it's kind of hard to juggle it because that's what happened with NJF for a bit, where he was um, a scumbag, but then he was having good matches. So people started cheering him and all that for his good matches. So I mean, you got it's a fine line to walk. So mm-hmm. let's see how they handle it. Especially like with MJ. MJF was such a like cartoony shield almost yeah. you know like it was so like played up like purposely and he done a great job of doing that it's what got him to the dance and why he's big part of the reason why he's so popular now um it would be hard for him to find that kind of balance that Manny was talking about trying to find with certain wrestlers I think uh 
No, look at obviously he's the biggest star in the business. Like, look at Roman Reigns, bro. Like it ain't flicked him baby face because people cheer him and shit. You know, people what love Roman that? Reigns, bro. Like everyone, his music hits. People stand up in the crowd and throw ones up. <laughs> you know, like yeah, and he has that cool factor as well. Like many said, like yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I think there's just there's, there's got there's smarter ways around it than just being like, oh, he's getting cheered, it's flipping baby face, yeah. and it's, it doesn't make sense, especially for Swerve as a character right now, you know. So, uh, I'm against it. <laughs> Me too, he doesn't need to be, but you can't turn him baby face after what he did to Hangman when Hangman is arguably one of the most beloved baby faces in AEW, like right now, anyways. He's going to turn heel soon, but that's a different conversation. What if he doesn't, Jada? Well, he lost two matches in a row, and I stood ten toes down on that, so I'm going to be right eventually. <laughs> it was real dicey for a while. I was like, if Swerve doesn't win at full gear, I'm going to look like a dick. <laughs> but then he won, so it was fine. <laughs> I am actually genuinely interested to see the approach creatively with Hangman coming out of mm-hmm. this, you know? Uh, because we didn't see any of the Elite last night, did we? No. We didn't see any of them. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see kind of his, what what mode Hangman's going to be in, you know? Mm-hmm. Is he going to be at the bar drinking again, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's going to be looking for new friends. What is he going to be doing? He's gonna be, um, I mean, he only has two character arcs, you know, be badass and get sad, and then he looks for friends, and then be badass again. Nah, 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 nah. He's a very deep-layered character, man, you know? He is. Charlie will tell you. Anxious millennial cowboy. (laughs) (laughs) He probably... Heyman should have been in this tournament. He should have been pissed off and taking somebody out and be like, like, his focus should be like, I need to get my hands on Swerve. I don't know. That's yeah. just no. They can't circle back to it yet. Like no, and the thing is, he loses the tournament. Like he takes mm-hmm. somebody out, they put him in there, and then he loses it, and it draw. It makes him more mad. So then you have two mad guys, like you know, crazy dudes going at each other. It'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a few. AEW's roster's so deep as well that there's loads of people that you can kind of just throw into that tournament if you wanted to. You know, Hangman's absolutely one of the people close to the top of the list, but. I hope they do something new and fresh with Hangman in terms of, like, who he even, like, feuds with because the Swerve feud was so fresh. It's like, let's keep going with that. Let's have someone else be like, well, now he's even further down in the dumps. Like, I'm now going to have a go at him. Like, But make it someone cool. Not... Make it someone cool, please. I don't need Jeff Jarrett trying to go after Hangman. Please, God. Takeshita. Yes. Takeshita murdering. Yeah, be sick. <laughs> you can take you can take the losses. It's fine. Yeah, that's the thing I think with like when a big star that is somewhat Teflon. Like Hangman isn't quite Teflon. Like I think we see, we've seen that this year. You know, he's he's been revived twice. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like in the space of one year, so he's not quite Teflon. But with like some of the top stars, I do think like when they lose, they you know that they. they you can kind of take advantage of that streak being broken. So, like, for example, mm-hmm. you know, um, let's say, for example, some other Joe defeats MJF at World's End, yeah? yeah? Then 
after that, MJF is now lost. After what a fucking year or however long, like mm-hmm. I'd use that to then get Jay White's win back over him. You know, yeah. Um, because you can kind of the loss isn't. It's not going like, to off throw all of the other stuff that he's doing as much. No. You know, so um, that's just kind of an example. It's like you can probably sneak one more loss in for Hangman. Which would mm-hmm. still be a huge win for someone else, you know, like a Takeshita. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to the downfall of Hangman Adam Page, you know? Me too. It's going to be great. As a fan. <laughs> you know? I, I fucking love Hangman. And they if they do this right, this could be just some really good stuff for AEW. Did you see Javos Common right there where Malachi Black missed Hangman he turns into an alcoholic? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Ignoring the spitefulness <laughs> of Common, I just think that the buckshot lariat into the like the spinning heel kick that Malachi Black does would be pretty fucking cool. Oh, but that would be very dangerous. <laughs> but it'd be fucking that cool. would be Man. very that's like that's Malachi like a shoot taking his head off. Yeah, like, you have to be like, careful. That would be yeah. very scary because when Hangman launches himself over the ropes like that, like there's no there's no, there's no break. Yeah, there's no like break. You can't just stop. <laughs> you know, like, Malachi Black's gonna do the shoot what Roosh does, where he puts the head down, the fake head, and kicks it into the stands. Malachi is gonna send that jaw flying. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> oh man! The man. Um, they're, if they're, you could put it off. If they could like put it off properly, it'd look sick. But they're teasing a Blackpool Combat Club versus uh, House of Black at the moment. Which means if we get Claudio versus Malachi Black in a singles, which we're not going to get because I never get the singles matches that I want out of these fucking people. Never. They had great matches <laughs> in WWE. So Charlie's like zero for seven on like singles <laughs> matches that she wants at a tag feud. <laughs> it's really bad. They just don't like giving me the matches I want. It's fine. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame, you know. I'm going to get my Jay White Swerve match that I think I spoke about like two weeks ago. So. Can't complain. And finally, before we dive into Dynamite, a lot of the Recipe's audience will be well aware of Manny the Hooper. He's been a bit disenchanted lately, you know, he ain't, he ain't been he ain't been locked in. But the Continental Classic lineup, he seemed to wake it seemed to wake up some life in him, you know. He was posting memes and everything, you know. It was uh he was back, he's been back for the past twenty four hours. I don't know how long it'll last, but <laughs> it ended right away. <laughs> You could have saved it until we finished the review, but he watched AEW Dynamite last night, so he is talking from a place of uh, expertise. He's back, he's uh, and he's he's ready to go, people. So um, yeah, man, AEW Dynamite last night in Chicago. Yeah, it was in mm-hmm. Chicago. Um, <coughs> Continental Classic, absolutely. Continental Classic got underway first night of it, and we got some Gold League matches. And to open up, we had Jay Lethal versus Swerve Strickland. Swerve Strickland came out with kind of like his, his shoulders all taped up and stuff. Kind of would have liked him to sell the death match a little bit more, you know. Mm-hmm. Had his had his head taped or some shit, you know, <laughs> some plasters or I don't know. Uh, but yeah, his shoulder was taped up, and him and Jay Lethal had a match. It was very professionally worked you know of course you know very good fundamentals and all that good stuff and very solid workers but the match just didn't really have any meat to it manny's manny's giving up that's uh, no no my my dog's not like he barking and barking i gotta go see what they're doing 
right. Um, all right. So, so I reckon versus Jaylee for to be honest, I didn't think there was a lot to it. Although it wasn't particularly a bad match per se, you know, it was more just kind of boring. That's kind of mm-hmm. the word that strikes me with this one. It was quite boring, to be very honest. Um, it's not like Swerve looked bad out there. It's not like Lethal looked bad out there. They just had a match, you know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going crazy. I'm not sure. No, I also <laughs> thought it was very boring. I'm just not a Jay Lethal fan. Like, I think he's like fundamentally very good, and he's like a great hand with talents. It's like I don't need to see him wrestle Swerve. Swerve's incredible. And I should not be bored by swerve matches, like especially coming out of full gear and what he just did with Hangman. Like I don't know, it was just odd, and the crowd didn't really seem into it because I don't think like they were cheering Swerve because no one like Jay Lethal's not exactly portrayed as someone we should care about in AEW. As much as he keeps getting put on the TV, he never really wins anything. Like so, it was just a case of well, he's just kind of here and he's just kind of wrestling and. I don't know. It was all right. I was just a bit yeah. bored. We spoke yesterday when we did like our quick preview when we found out mm. what the matches were going to be. And it was like, how did they play this match with it being heel versus heel without boring life out of me? It was like, yeah. And I still think this now, especially in hindsight after watching the match. So I should have just killed him, man. So I should have just killed him like in like two minutes or something and just had like a, you know. <laughs> I ain't fucking around in this tournament style performance, you know. Um, but yeah, Manny, what did you what did you think of Lethal versus Swerve? <laughs> it was like the most. I told you earlier, it was like the most professional wrestling match I've ever seen. Just, just two guys going out there and just having like just a solid match, and it was nothing more, nothing less. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, maybe Jay Lethal forgot he was on TV sometimes because he did. Uh, I think he cussed out a fan twice, didn't he, or something like that? I think he said "screw you." Oh, okay, I think he said "f you." I thought I, I don't know. I was just like, I don't know. It was just uh, funny seeing that, and you can, I, yeah, I think you can tell that <clears throat> Swerve was kind of beat up from his match. So mm. whatever. I, I, I think Jay Lethal's just gonna have like the solid two and a half star match. You know, for he's gonna give everybody that. So. Whatever. Yeah. Move on to the next one, you know. I would have took like eight minutes off this and put it on the main event. <laughs> if I'm well, being entirely. How long did it go? Like, like 12. 11, 12. I don't know. Someone in the chat said 12, so that's what I'm basing now. There's no way they match one 12 minutes. So. It felt long. It felt <laughs> like 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I went right to the time. <laughs> It was 1957. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think it was about 11, 12. I think that's about right, but like the same in the live chat. But yeah, I would have took quite, quite a decent chunk of time off this and probably added yeah. it to the main event or something um, because they didn't get, you know, they were, that's going to an overrun to get to the end of Briscoe versus Mark. So, um, but yeah. I was talking to someone about this for like a completely different reason, but there's like a lost art on American t- wrestling TV of just like quick sprints, like mm. a quick four or five minute match. Cause you can do so much in four or five minutes if it's structured the right way. But no, everything has to be fucking 10 plus minutes and get all your shit. It's like, no, just wrestle for four minutes, do the cool shit and get out of there. I don't need to see you fucking feeling each other out and warming up or whatever. 
especially like, in matches like this. Sounds like something Joe complains a lot about. <laughs> it probably it does. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's very much a, it's a, a subject. It's a subject that comes out. It's a subject that it comes up on World War a lot. You know, two wrestlers that we both like and we both want to see them wrestle and we'll get announced from a match and we'll be like, should go about six minutes, you know? <laughs> but yeah, Tony Khan is definitely, um, I, don't know, I don't know if victim is the right word, but he, you know, some, sometimes you look at matches that we get booked, especially on AEW and he's kind of like, what's the purpose of this? And if the purpose is for someone to get over, you got to consider, should they make this a dominant win, which means that you don't have to go 12 minutes in every single TV match that you do, yeah. you know? Um <laughs> But yeah, like you said, there's kind of a last art of some of, you know, you can you can get a lot out of shorter matches, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, like I said, like, it would have made a statement if Swerve just killed Lethal in, what, 90 seconds, two minutes, three minutes or something, you know. Um, but with this, it's just, Swerve just beat Jay Lethal in a match that I think everyone knew he was going to win anyway, you know, so. Yeah. Marty, it you have much Marty, more memorable. Sorry. sorry. Monty, you have to address this comment right here. It says, Which one? It says, uh, why do y'all why do y'all wear hats? Monty Monty's expected. <laughs> like he's calling you bald, man. He's calling you <laughs> Monty expected money out of guests, but Charlie too. I, 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 the thing is, yeah, this is what it is. I'm not bald. But 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 Listen, my hair, when when we first started doing the podcast, my hair was a mess. So like, I was wearing hats because I wear a lot of hats anyway. I don't just put hats on for the fucking podcast, but I wear a lot of hats anyway. And now it's like, if I take my hat off, bro, like I couldn't just pull up to this podcast with no hat on because everyone would be like, "Whoa, holy shit!" So it's like now I'm in a position. Like, if I took even right now, if I took my hat off, everyone would be like, "Whoa!" So it's like I can't. I can't win now. Like, I'm too. I'm too deep in. You know, I'm, mm. I'm way too deep in. So the the hat stays until maybe one day if you catch me in a suit or something. You know what I mean? And I, and I upload a picture, or you know, I'm at the uh, WWE Hall of Fame. You know, <laughs> <I'll>, uh, <laughs> you about hat. <laughs> I wear hats sometimes. I'm just having a bad hair day, so I put a beanie on. That's all there is to it. Me, I just woke up not that long ago, so I have bed hair still. Yeah. Charlie got the Fallout Boy fangirl look locked in. It is. It's very 2016 Tumblr. I look like it all the time. It's very funny. God bless. <laughs> we have a good time, you know? Hats, mm-hmm. no hats, you know? But, um... I didn't wear a hat yesterday. It's literally just however I like, if I like my hair on the day or not. <laughs> yeah, you got to respect it, you know? Anyways. So that was Jay Lethal versus Swerve. Swerve, of course, got the win. Three points for Swerve. The first three points of the Continental Classic Gold Swerve. Um, next up, we had a Hook, Orange Cassidy, and Shibata interview, which was quickly interrupted by Wheelie Utah. Wheelie Utah was giving his uh, his bad boy attitude to Shibata, which I found kind of weird because like um, he pinned Hook. And I thought that would kind of be what they would segue mm-hmm. into, like a FTW title match or some shit, you know. And uh, yeah, it seemed like Yuta's focus on this in this segment particularly was on Shibata and not on Hawk. So uh, interesting, I guess. Obviously, weird is clearly again. This is kind of a weird thing with the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. I don't know if the heels or faces, you know. Uh, Weirder was clearly a heel here, but. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Charlie, does this confuse you as much as it does me? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I never know what's going on. I just cheer for them because I like all, all of the wrestlers. But <laughs> it's, I, I don't know if they're meant to be heels or faces anymore. It doesn't bother me as much as it bothers other people because of both Brian and Mox and even Claudio. Claudio is very obviously a heel, I feel. Like he's like he is very much a heel. But like uh Brian and Mox, they just it depends who they're facing. And like I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'll just I'm gonna cheer for you regardless, so do whatever you want, like Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Because it's all you know, Claudio, yeah, definitely I'd say I agree with you. He's pretty clearly a heel. But Mox and Danielson, who knows? Then you've got Wheelie Uta. So there's been there's been situations there's been points where he's been wrestling as a face because he's been with Mox or whoever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be weeks where he's clearly a heel, and it's just like I think the dynamic as a group as a whole is like kind of weird. I think I don't know. I think that kind of represents like what a real group of friends looks like. You just you just never know what they're all on. Like like Moxie to me just seems like a real chill laid back dude but if you fuck with him he's gonna go crazy on you and then Brian's a dick kind of Claudio is a bully and then Yuta is just that guy that talks shit because he knows he has friends that can just back him up whenever you want so. <laughs> he's scrappy dude it's very funny oh it's just kind of a funny dynamic to watch so I mean they're whatever to me I just seem as badasses and badasses just do cool shit sometimes so I think they're gonna be I think I think they will kind of like round it out, and I think they'll be rounded out as baby faces. Yeah. Um, you go into the House of Black feud, it makes more sense for them to be the baby faces in that. Yeah, House of Black. And any of the other things, the House of Black, there's a Bullet Club who could feud with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're on collision as well. So, um, I don't, yeah, they are. I don't know. Well, Bunny Club Gold just do what they want, don't they? They just do what they want. A lot of the factions do. Like, other than the elite, who just kind of stay on Dynamite, they're not even really a faction anymore. So who the fuck knows what's going on in in AEW? Yeah, a couple of super chats before we keep it moving. Though. Uh, Karan, 100 rupees, appreciate it. Honestly, it's not a big deal, but having Swerve wrestle like that hurt babyface days. Hurt babyface days after he cemented himself as the top heel. Was a weird, uh, was a weird choice. I mean, you couldn't have lethal work, you... babyface. So it was, yeah. yeah. Um, they had to get the lethal match out of the way for Swerve. I feel. Should have just killed him, man. I'm telling you that was, that was the fucking choice to make there. They should have just killed mm-hmm. Lethal. Uh, Ten dollars, Wilches. I appreciate you as always, brother. I know why Kenny is not in this, but Kenny should be in this. I just blame Chris Jericho. I bet he pitched the team with Kenny. And Kenny's so nice, he just went with it. Sounds about right. I mean, who knows? I don't know. No one's told me. Um, but yeah, you, you have got to assume that the Jericho versus Don Callis feud being the, the Don Callis feud that started off as Kenny and then become more about Jericho and he's now about more both of them and now he's now the Golden Jets versus the Young Bucks. is. Um, <laughs> I don't know how we got here. <laughs> when you say it out loud like that, it's, it's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, it does seem a bit ridiculous. There's a Kenny Takeshda singles match in the middle of this as well. You know, <laughs> I, could, I genuinely have watched this and reviewed it week to week, and I could not plot it. 
like on a timeline and tell you how we got from Takesh Trinkenny feuding to fucking because that started in the middle of the BCC feud. Like, where? How did we get here? Why is Jericho involved? And it seems like Jericho and Kenny are done with them, right? With the Callus family. You would think, but because they're going for the tag titles, aren't they? They sure are. They have the opportunity now that the Bucks won and they never talked about until the feud. Yeah. They have the I opportunity. have feelings about it, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> AEW's booking and this fucking tag division has driven me up for the wall this entire it has. year. It has. Like, it's driven me nuts. <laughs> uh, Ibu has joined us in the live chat. I believe I've, I've seen rumors of a Joe Hall, but saw it in the group in the uh, in the live chat as well. So. Oh, Joe's here. Oh, been treated. <laughs> when he said that, so <laughs> Joe. very spoiled man. Mass on eight four one ninety nine. Appreciate you as always. Black Miss Hangman becomes a boomer consecutive. <laughs> 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 I mean, oh, that would be the opposite. That'd be an interesting storyline, brother. So Jizzle, one ninety nine. Appreciate it. AW desperately needs a cool top baby face. Swerve, no. You already got <laughs> no, no. We are you putting off. Here. You already got MJF for me. Let's calm down, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Manny thinks, thinks MJF is very cool. People, mm-hmm. um, biggest fan. He's he's one of one of. <laughs> um, all right, MJF and Adam Cole live promo. Um, they both come out. They're both fucked. Uh, MJF has got a walking stick. Uh, Adam Cole, of course, is still on his crutches. Um, you know, they have to set up a chair in the middle of the ring so Adam Cole can sit down and shit. Um, the beat up, you know, the bro chat shows, they are beat up. But MJF, you know, of course, he just successfully defended his title. He tries to put over Jay White a bit by calling him like a tough competitor and all that sort of stuff that people do after they've won a good title match. Um, and he calls himself the best AEW champ ever. And he puts himself over a bit. Um, Adam Cole gets on the microphone and he says that he's still fucked, basically. His ankle is still fucked up. He's still a long way away from being able to walk it. And he hates that he can't help MJF. And then... Um, you know, there's a little bit. They're, they're kind of just talking out there, and then some bullshit. Cut, yeah, yeah then, then it cuts to black. You know, <laughs> then it cuts to black. The devil comes up on the Titantron. He laughs. Uh, the devil goes off the screen, and then Samoa Joe's music hits. Samoa Joe comes out, and he wants to collect. He wants to make sure that he has his AW World Title match. And at first, MJF doesn't want to give it him. Uh, he tells Samoa Joe that he can blow him. Uh, <laughs> Just uh, MJF doesn't want to. He don't want to live up to his end of the deal, you know. And Adam Cole kind of convinces MJF that he should live up to his word and you know give Samoa his total shot. MJF tries to make the match official for tonight in Chicago, but of course MJF is fucked. I don't know why he would do that. He was just fired up a thing, and uh, Samoa Joe was like, "Nah, nah, no excuses. Um, I want you 100. percent Let's do it at World's End." And they agree, and the match was made official immediately. Samoa Joe challenging for the AW World Title at World's End versus MJF. Um, yeah, December thirtieth, I believe it is. Pay per view, new pay per view for AEW in MJF's. Is it in Long Island or is it just New York? Long Island. 
It's in Long Island, so MJF's hometown. Um, and I think Samoa Joe should win because I think if you're going to drag Samoa Joe into kind of this feud and drag out his stuff with MJF to this point, I think you have to go and you kind of, if you don't pay it off with Samoa Joe, at least having a short title reign, then it's kind of like a waste of his time. You know, <laughs> um, there's no way Samoa Joe agrees to put over this guy twice. I, I don't, be- there's no way he does. So I think he's gonna win. Island. Yeah. yeah, it's like MJF. Yeah, as, as much as we, we've 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 done reviews of we've reviewed all of his misses and we've reviewed all of his hits, and I've said I've maintained this for quite a few weeks, especially in recent weeks with all the tour. I think he is very like. He still misses sometimes, and he's young enough to make his misses, you know. Mm-hmm. But in general, I do think MJF knows ball, you know. And knowing ball would mean that right now you've got one chance to put the world title on Samoa Joe, you know. This is your chance to do it. It's time to do it. He's going to do the right thing because MJF, he'll be he'll find his way back to the world title probably at some point in 2024, you know. Like no one's going to. No one's going to think MJF is done in the world title scene after this reign. He's probably going to have multiple reigns with this belt, you know. Um, Samoa Joe, wrestling fans far and wide have been calling for a Samoa Joe world title run in a major company. Didn't get it in WWE. Didn't get it so far in AEW. Now you got time to right the wrongs. MJF knows bull. He's going to tell Tony Khan that he wants to do the right thing. And we're going to have a new world champion going into the New York people, so... It's going to be beautiful, isn't it, Manny the Hooper? Yeah, it's going to be awesome if he is Joe is a champ. But man, I need I need this fucker away from this company, bro. I can't stand MJF. <laughs> is it that bad? <laughs> Do you bro, find it that bad? Yes, bro. I, I don't want to sit. I don't want to. Then fucking limping around like fucking. I was gonna say something crazy there. I can't say it, but uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never mind. I'm not gonna say it, but the uh, the the them just sit, just the visual of them just sitting there in the middle of the ring, just talking bullshit for 20 minutes or whatever, and then I'm just sitting there, just like fuck, man. Like, is there something better we can be doing with our time? This is what I'm starting to think. Like, man, I'm not gonna be watching AW fucking live. I'm just gonna be watching the the tournament matches and moving on with my day. Cause I don't care about their their friendship and all that. Then they get all cutesy with it when when MJF is talking about the devil and all that. Then they're panning down with the camera, and you just see when MJF is talking shit about the devil, how he's not scared of him or anything like that. And then you just see fucking Adam Cole smirking like ooh, like that, like, you know, smirking, and he puts his hand in his pocket and then just turns the lights off. I mean, it's just so corny, so stupid, and I'm so glad that Samoa Joe is the only one making this serious, and he's the only one keeping focus on the titles important and not this hokey shit that you know that Adam Cole has to rein in MGF to make his commitments and all that. I mean, I'm just tired of it. I'm I wish he didn't resign. I mean, fuck. <laughs> I just think you know Samoa Joe everything about Samoa Joe closed on you know Samoa Joe is the real mm-hmm. he should be made world champion immediately he's the best part of this MJF first stuff in my opinion 
Um, the bro chat show stuff, of course, was on fire, especially during the summer, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, since Cole's injury, obviously the adjustments have had to be made, and you know, a lot of people don't love them, so it just kind of one of those things. So I don't know. When it comes to MJF, it's like when people say like get him out of the company, I love. You know, it's kind of like you can also kind of maybe not build all the TV around him and, you know, do some little creative tweaks here and there and you can, you know, you can produce some some real music with him at the same time. So I do think, like I said earlier, some tweaks would be very welcome, I think, from a lot of fans. Uh, but, you know, I think I still think MJF is a great wrestler, so it's, it's a tough one. Um, Charlie? Mm-hmm. What do you think? What What do you think of the storyline progression? I guess, and also, of course, the announcement of the World's End main event. Well, the World's End main event, I'm all for. I hope Samoa Joe wins. I just, I have been so up and down on this MJF title reign, and I'm, I'm quite low on it again after the full gear match because it was fine fundamentally but just the way they sh- it was just dumb it was just a really dumb main event um and it, and it really soured me on this whole story again yeah. and then the segment today went 20 minutes he barely like spoke about the match at full gear like they were just doing this their stupid friendship stuff that's hit it hit a peak and it's fallen off a cliff for me i can't do it anymore i've had enough so i just I just need, I just need Cole to be the devil and to just turn him, turn on MJF and just do it now, do it quickly, <laughs> like no. just get it over with us, please. I'm so sick of these vignettes as well. Like the devil laughing was so fucking dumb. Just yeah. what are we doing? Sure. Uh, one thing, sorry, so I got one thing. People were saying that. Well, look, MJF is getting all this stuff over, the kangaroo kick and all this other shit that he does. I'm like, of course, he's over. Everything he does is going to get over. And like, You yeah. think Ryan Nemeth can go out there and get the kangaroo kick over? He can't because he's <laughs> Ryan Nemeth. MJF can because he's a fucking MJF. When you're over, you don't have to try as hard to, right. to do shit like that. You just get everything over. And, and then when you watch the matches, you can tell people are just waiting for – him to do his little shtick, you know, that's what they want. They're just waiting for him to do his little shtick. Like mm-hmm. everybody was quiet when he was cutting his promo and then he put his mic up and everybody chanted the devil. I mean, everybody's yeah. just waiting for his little cues and stuff like that. And it's just so annoying. Like that's the fuck. thing. That that's the thing. <clears throat> I tweeted about it yesterday. The care the crowd cared more about just waiting for all the fucking like his little sayings to hear, like so, so they can chant along with him. It's just like if they're not actually listening to what you're saying and they just care about your little taglines, like, are you doing well with this story? Like, I don't, it, it's questionable, it's questionable, in my opinion. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I have very strong feelings. <laughs> Will Chisholm, ten dollars. Appreciate you as always, brother. How the hell the WWE have a better tag division than AEW? I'm sick. I'm sorry. I'm I'm so tired of the MJF long promos and his storyline. Samoa Joe saved this for me. Um, to be fair, like there was a point where like AEW's tag division started to like go on a downward slope in terms of like uh, focus. I'd say mm-hmm. uh, it's probably the fairest way to put it in terms of focus, and like WWE's tag division was emerging. And it was like, there was a few of us, you know, where we'd be like, WWE's tag division is probably better right now, you know? Yeah. And like, I think now, 
to no, I don't even think you can say like how's I how's W how has WWE got a better tag division than uh than AEW? WWE's tag division is like just a strong tag division on its own merit yeah. now, you know. Uh, then AEW is it's. I feel like there'll be a resurgence in twenty twenty four, Charlie. You know, Hill Young book. <laughs> My fingers crossed. Golden Jets. God, yeah. <laughs> Jericho's saving the division. God bless him. Uh, no. No, he'll bucks. Uh, hopefully, Top Flight will be able to come back and yes. they can be the little sprightly uh, babyface tag team that's kind of missing. They don't really mm-hmm. have a babyface tag team to get behind right now, which I think is honestly one of the problems with the division. Because as much as everyone's behind... Um, FTR, well, most of the crowd's behind FTR in that. It's like they're not the high flyers. They can't do like the big match spots that like AEW tags division's known for because it was built around teams like the Lucha Bros and the Bucks and that. So I think that's, I think that is one of my main problems with how it's currently built because of the way we were so used to it being in like the first couple of years, they really strayed away from. And it's just not. To my taste currently and to a lot mm-hmm. of the audience tastes because that's what we were shown that we would be given in this company i don't know i will say though the ftr bullet club gold stuff some of the best tag stuff this year absolutely loved it yeah absolutely um yeah tag divisions weird. Like, the talents absolutely they've definitely got the talent pool you know mm-hmm. they've, they've definitely got more than enough in the talent pool you know it's just uh it's just making the right choices of how much focus to put on, when to put the focus on, you know, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, what feuds you want to build up and stuff like that. But like I said, WWE Tag Division is very, very strong on its own merit these days. But yes. to the point where it's not it's not so much of a oh how's how is WWE got a better tag division than AEW? It's more of a thing of like the AEW division just should be better, you know. <laughs> like um Lucha Bros, man, you mentioned the Lucha Bros. It's like hopefully they have a bit more focus going into 2024, mm-hmm. you know. Um, because they, they can very quickly can emerge as like one of some people's favorite tag team. I know a lot of people enjoy yeah. the single stuff, but it's like when you get single stuff out of Penta and Ray, you just don't I don't feel like Tony Khan's ever gonna like commit to doing it like no. Do you know what I mean? To like make yeah. him break through like this glass ceiling that they seem to have, you know? Um so I just think if you have them as you can have, whereas as a tag team, I think he has more confidence to just make them like, you know, he, he give it, he they were the team to beat the books at the end of that great exactly. range. You know what I mean? Like that's how highly he thinks of them as a tag team. So, um. bro, I said about the division not having a top babyface tag team. The the acclaimed are right there, and that I think that goes to say for their booking and how they've been treated in AEW. It's so the fact that they weren't even someone that came to mind. So. Mm. It's like two now. Don't suck. It's just they just. Don't... I call, I called it a long time. Ago. I knew, I knew... They don't. They don't suck, man. Bones is very good. Caster is more than um. What's the word I'm looking? Sufficient. No, Caster I, is I, more I... than sufficient. Bones is actively like very enjoyable to watch. I think. Oh, Bones um, should be a singles guy. I think. <laughs> is that is that what you wanted to get to? No, a lot of people have said that. It just felt yeah. like it was an agenda, man. He was waiting to get out. You know? Wait, the, the acclaim suck? <laughs> all of it. The acclaim suck. I wish it be a singles. All of it. I've been singing for a while, man. I mean, when I, when I saw everybody on the timeline agreeing, I said, fuck, man. 
apparently everybody's catching up to what I've been saying. I said AEW is cooked after Wembley, and now everybody's agreeing with me. They claim sucks. So, mm. I don't think that's quite true. But everyone's agreeing that the acclaim suck. Well, yeah, um, they they are uh, they're out hurt at the moment. You know, the mm. devil, the devil, and the ninjas took them out. So. Uh, GN, £2, appreciate it. 1% chance, 99% faith. CM Punk, Chicago, Survivor Series. Yeah, it genuinely is one of those situations as far as uh, what we've been able to find out here at WrestlePurious HQ, you know. Um, it's, just one, the, the, it's because, the only reason why there's even that 1% is because it's professional wrestling. As Sean, like Sean, Sean Russell's been a quite, quite substantially more generous with it, saying 25%. And his reasoning is because it's wrestling, anything can happen, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it very much is a ninety-nine percent faith, one percent chance sort of thing at the moment. Um, I think it, I think we're looking at the rumble, people. Um, we may or may not do a sort of a, an article later on. I might write not later on, but later some point this week before Survivor Series of like what we know, you know, kind of mm-hmm. style post, then we'll kind of. Uh, summarize what we know for you guys as best as we can um karan hundred rupees appreciate it i'm not proud that i heard the devil laugh and thought that's jack perry wrestling has broken me a lot of people thought that that is a theory that i've seen i don't think it sounded like jack perry at all it's an edited voice it's like do you know what i mean it's not something out of a film you know like it's it's not someone's voice i genuinely I watched, this is so random, but I watched all of the um, Uno videos from the pandemic that um, uh, Creed, Claudio, Adam Cole and Tyler Breeze did. I watched all of those videos and I was just like, that sounds like Adam Cole to me and the sort of laugh he would do in those videos. (laughs) So that was my first thought. And then I saw Jack Perry all over the timeline. I was just like, all right, I'll keep it quiet then. It's got to the point where that many people think it's Jack Perry. That I'm seeing people like accept that it's Jack Perry in the sense yeah. of like uh, someone uh, someone tweeted earlier. It's like it's hilarious that AEW fans can tell who MJF is just from his ass, yeah, and they can tell and they can tell who Jack Perry is just from his voice. And he's like, bro, I don't think it's Jack Perry. So I don't like Jack Perry at all. <laughs> I've never bought into it being Jack Perry, man. I'm you know, sad is if Jack so. if that's Jack Perry. Because you know whoever the devil is eventually going to be the AEW champion and just it's Jack Perry, the AEW David champ. That's <clears throat> <clears throat> even worse. <laughs> it's just my bit. I still haven't been proven wrong. So. That damn devil. Yeah. That's an 84 199. Appreciate it. Uh, Mark versus Joe Cage matches. Ode to J versus Joe Wright itself. And uh, I like all these people, you know. <laughs> I watch them do a lot of things. Richard Jr., $5. Appreciate it. There are four mass assailants in AEW, but they should be a security footage that the mass assailants might be attacking someone in the parking lot. Maybe. Uh, Is this like an NXT bit? I don't know. Listen, brother, I don't know. I don't know who these master assailants are. I'll call them the ninjas. I think if you go back, especially to the acclaimed attack, and you slow down the footage and you have a really good look at who those four is four of them? Yeah, just mm-hmm. there's four yeah, of them. Yeah. There's four of them. If you have a real good look at it, 
you know, and you might be able to make out who one of one or two of them are, you know. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's pretty. I feel like it's pretty easy to tell who all of them are. Not all. I don't think it's easy to tell who all of them are. But I think if you look at like, the acclaim, I think I think one of the people stands out. Yeah, you, you have to kind of like pause it because it kind of pans mm-hmm. up. But I think one of them is like blankly obvious. Um, yeah. The person that throws Bowens through the glass, I think it is. Um, then I've seen people that have said like Roddy's got his neck brace on underneath the. Uh, mm-hmm. underneath. I've seen that pop up multiple times. Now, yeah. So I think that's a yeah, very I, good. I think I've seen well. one too where there was something like around somebody's. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, it's pretty obvious if you know who it is because if if you think Roddy's one of them, then obviously the other two are, you know, the kingdom, and then the big Jack dude is obviously the other guy that's feuding with MJF right now. So. It just all, yeah. Wilchism, $20. Tony using MJF like he's Roman Reigns gives him 10 minutes per day at like their friendship is Kevin Owens and Sammy. P.S. The, the fans was doing the what chance. Was I watching a WWE show? Shake my head, Chicago. Uh, the what chance didn't come until Christian, I think. Mm-hmm. So we would have got to that anyway, but yeah, that was uh, something we're not used to seeing AEW. I tweeted it on the WrestlePurist account. Like, it's, there's something extra jarring about what chance from an AEW show, you know? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like it's weird. I did um, the what chance during Tony Storm thing, right? I think yeah, there, there was some yeah, there was there was some light ones. There, there was yeah. Um, but yeah, they didn't start until the Christian promo. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, Tony's using MJF like he's Roman Reigns. Um, not really. He's using him more. <laughs> Give him ten minutes, pal. At least Roman. At least Roman leaves for a few months. You know, MJF doesn't go away. He just stays here. Now I, I will never, ever, ever, ever criticize a wrestler for showing up to work every week. I will not do that. Money the Hooper. You know. Um, even if it's someone well, I don't they do. like, if they show up every week, you know. <laughs> if they show up every week and they tank it for me, I'm gonna say something at least. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, that's fine. It's just specifically him showing up every week isn't a bad thing, you know. What he does, that's a whole other thing, you know. Um, they act like the friendship is Kevin Owens and Sammy. I'm assuming he's talking about Cole and then Jeff. Um, not necessarily. I think it is quite unique what they're doing in terms. Of, that doesn't mean I think it's great or Scorsese or anything, you know. <laughs> but like, uh, We're I don't think it's like Kevin and Simon. You can tell this is what MGF wanted him as him and it Punk's relationship to be, but it never was. <laughs> so he's just doing it with Adam Cole. <laughs> Speaking of punk, there wasn't even really any punk chance on the show last night that I heard, anyways. Oh, because they all know where he's going. Um, yeah. MJF did, yeah, MJF made a punk reference as well. Yeah, uh, obviously, he was in Chicago when he was going back and forth with Samoa Joe. He was like, You wouldn't be the first Ring of Honor legend that I've beat in Chicago twice. Twice, so yeah. uh, yeah, You're saving the punk chance for Saturday. Yeah, yeah that's what I think. Um, <laughs> they even though I don't think he's gonna be there, for yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I appreciate you. We'll keep on coming, keep on coming, people. Super chat, super chat, super chats. Any questions, any hot takes, especially hot takes? It yes. means we can bury them. 
Um, <laughs> we do love a debate. We do. We got into right. tag team wrestling from a super chat that wasn't about tag team wrestling. So. Um. All right. Uh, Hawk Shibata Orange Cassidy versus the old Jericho Appreciation Society uh, 2.0 and Jake Hager. Uh, didn't really think too much of this, to be honest. It kind of came and went. I will say, though, the Shibata and Hager interactions did pop me. Um, yeah. Dan Housen was introduced before the match to stand ringside. Orange Cassidy said he has a Thanksgiving surprise and he introduced Dan Housen. Um, he cursed Hager pulled out his old hat. Um, you know, the crowd popped through. It's Dan Housen. You either love him or you hate him. I think it goes, you know, we don't need to have a discussion about how we feel about Dan Housen, you know. Um, but yeah, he, he came back. He got a pop. He cursed someone and the baby face. He's got the win. I believe Hook tapped out Angelo Parker. So, um, like I said, that kind of came and went. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to add at all? It's very cool to see Hook teaming with people like Shibata. Uh, you would only get stuff like that in AEW, and that popped me a lot. Then do it, them swapping midway through the um, submissions because they realised they had the wrong people. Cool shit. I liked it. The rest of the match was just kind of there. Yeah, Manny, did you uh, did you pop for Danhausen? Oh fuck that merch bootlegger, man. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Just... He's he's like he's zero for two on fucking debuts and surprises. Like, I still remember that that shitty surprise for that uh, oh, match beach with break. <clears throat> yeah beach break, and then his when he came out, I said fuck this guy, bro. This is who who's who's out here? <laughs> who's who, who's asking for Dan Housen? I don't know. I'm sure there's some people even in our live chat that are probably like big fans of Dan Housen, find him very entertaining and lighthearted and all this good stuff. You know, he, he's not for me. He's very nice, be, very evil. I'm just watching. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was incredible. Man with the uh, unprompted Dan Housen impression. That was interesting. Anyway, Very funny uh, for him to come back in Chicago for reasons that I won't discuss. Yeah. Um, all right. So next up, we had uh, Adam Cole. I think he's being interviewed by like Renee or someone, and then Roddy and the Kingdom coming to shout like Adam, where was you last week? Action Andretti tried to kill me. He dumped me on my head, and he wasn't there. And Adam Cole just cuts it off. He just he's just like Roddy, shut the fuck up. Obviously not using that exact... Um, <laughs> I ain't got the script in front of me, but he's like, Roddy, shut the fuck up. Um, leave me alone. We're no longer best friends anymore. Get it into your thick head. And just goes off on him, basically. And he walks off the shot. Roddy right. looks very sad. Um, you know, heartbreaking stuff for Roddy Strong, man. You tweeted that Roddy Strong is very good at acting. So I just want to know what you meant by that. <laughs> Yeah, he got me because he started doing the. He was gonna do the fake crying. I thought he was a good actor. You know, good actors only know how to fake cry. Really? Yeah, I don't know how to fake cry. Do you? Um, get me some onions. <laughs> well, Roddy Strong didn't need onions. He just did it by the tone of. How do you? Know, how do you know he didn't like, rub his fingertips on onions or some shit? That's a good point. I don't know. Mm, Maybe yeah, he's just really hurt by Adam Cole. 
That is awesome. What? How do you know it was fake, man? You know, wrestling's real. It's real to Roddy. <laughs> yeah, you talk about wrestling like it's a shoot all the other times, but when it comes to when it comes to this performance, uh, you just you know it's it's kayfabe, brother. You know. <laughs> All right. I don't think Ray, the rest of that dog, would cry over you know spilled friendship over friend. him. It's his best friend, man. He came to AEW for him. He made the save. All those eons ago, that was that feels so long ago. It does, it does. And now he's a meme wrestler. Which is, uh... No, he's a meme wrestler in the professional wrestling company. Yeah. How did it? Yeah, um, in, in recent weeks, they have absolutely ramped up this. Like Adam Cole yeah. is sick of Roddy shit, you know. Um, so we'll see what that leads to. All right, next up we had the rechristening of Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus. Um, Christian Cage is just fucking hilarious, you know. Um, this was a hilarious segment. I don't, I can't say it was good, but because it was just, just because of the level of entertaining it was, I won't call it bad either, you know. But um, the rechristening of Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus, you know, and it, uh, Christian comes out and he demands Luchasaurus to take in there. Luchasaurus at first, he's still kind of like, what the fuck? And then he starts screaming at him, telling him to take a knee. And he's rechristened him and renamed him as Kill Switch. So Luchasaurus will now be going by the name Kill Switch. Such an awesome name. <laughs> and then he turns to Nick Wayne. Well, first of all, the reason why he's rechristening Luchasaurus and renaming him is because he said that Luchasaurus is a loser, he's a reason that they lost, etc, etc, and he kind of just kicked the shit out of him, you know, it was, it was very sad to see Luchasaurus treated like that, you know um, but anyway, he's been renamed as Killswitch and then he turns to Nick Wayne and he's full of praise for Nick Wayne and he's like, you know uh, you're my son, you're this, you're that um, and he's renamed and rechristened Nick Wayne as just simply the prodigy Nick Wayne so we didn't get Nick Gage. We didn't get Nick Cage. No, a lot of us, uh, a lot so of us dumb. wanted him to be named Nick Cage. You know, but it is what it is. And uh, as all this is going down, Nick Wayne's mom, she comes out. You know, she's back involved in this storyline. Um, and Christian Cage like, gets in his face, gets in her face like he's going to do something. But Luchasaurus, of course, has had a change of heart and he stands in the way. He stands in the way. Christian K shoves Luchasaurus and it knocks Nick Wayne's mum over. Um, <laughs> Christian Cage then tells Nick Wayne to get a chair and he sets up a concerto to Nick Wayne's mum. But Edge comes out and he makes a save. And uh, who gets left in the ring? It's Nick Wayne's mum in the corner, cowering because she's just been nearly killed by Christian Cage and her own son. And then Nick Wayne's in the middle of the ring after he's ate a spear from Edge after the save was made. And Edge, in front of Nick Wayne's mom, gives Nick Wayne a concerto. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Nick Wayne's mom looks terrified. Christian Cage is absolutely devastated that his newfound son has been concertoed. Edge has got this devilish look on his face. You don't even, he, you don't even notice or realise that Nick Wayne's mom's in the ring. Like, there's no lot remorse or anything like that. He's just in the zone, staring down Christian Cage. And this was... Uh, a lot of drama, Charlie. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was very... I, I'm sorry. I loved this. I, it was so ridiculous. I was just laughing the entire time. And, like, shout out to Nick Wayne, because he has really embraced this character and just gone 
full like like just he's just dived straight into it and like the fact that he like dropped to a knee before Christian even said anything to him and he was just laughing in the back oh it was very funny I enjoyed this segment a lot because it was ridiculous <laughs> and sometimes you just gotta laugh at your wrestling or otherwise you'll end up bitching on a podcast for 20 minutes about it so fair yeah I've been there. <laughs> yeah, I've been there this episode. <laughs> Manny, uh, did you catch any of his comedy sketch? I did. That was pretty funny. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, Wayne's, Nick, Wayne, Nick Wayne's mom lost her husband. Now she lost her son twice. So, I mean, it is what it is. Did you see any uh, any good acting that's worth pointing out in this man? Christian Cage, he's a good actor. Edge, right. Edge is all right. <laughs> he's oh, good at laying sure. the spear. You would think Nick Wayne would know how to count on his spear by now, but I guess no, not. No, no, he gets hit with one weekly, brother. You know, um, Can't wait for him to put on like the steel plate or whatever. Come around 100 rupees, appreciate it. I'm aware that it was done, but apart for the Christian segment, Nick taking a knee eagerly was very funny. Feels like Edge is slowly turning heel. Yeah, that was quite funny. To be fair. Like, the way that Luchasaurus was like, "What the fuck? What do you mean? You yeah. want to take me? You know, the Nick Wayne?" But you didn't even have to tell him. <laughs> you didn't have to mm-hmm. tell him. You just, just dropped. Totally dropped. It was like Nick, stand up. <laughs> oh, breaking news! Ibu of Resipure is better known as Back of Hangman to a lot of this audience. Once the link, um... Monty, check your Twitter real quick. I sent you something. Oh, oh no! Fuck! It's, never it's, a, it's a photo. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless. Big fan of Timmy. <laughs> uh, Ibu, uh, have I sent that to the right? Yeah, Ibu, I've sent that link to you. Twitter DM, by the way. Um, all right, so Ibu's going to come in and I guess uh, give you this last bit of dialogue with us, you know. Uh, speaking of which, next up we had a. Basically, an Anna J promo. Um, you know, she wants she wants to get a win tonight. You know, and um, in this we see that Cool Hand Ange, who's of course part of Two Point who you know they're meant to be supporting and behind Anna J, but Cool Hand Ange has Ruby Soho <laughs> as his screensaver, and uh, you know they're planting some more seeds here, Charlie. I know you're into your lore and your love stories in wrestling, so. Uh, Keep that in mind, people, because of course Anna Jay is wrestling Sky Blue and um, Ruby Soho later on, later on in the night. So there was that, uh, and then Continental Classic Gold League match number two: Roosh versus Jay White. Uh, we kind of touched on this earlier with you know Roosh just being an animal, and if you don't fucking rise to his level of physicality, he's just going to chew you up in there. And this was a good example of it, you know of. Uh, you know, Jay White kind of meeting him, you know. Um, really good match, really good match. Really like this. Roosh, Jay White both delivered. Uh, Manny, I'm assuming you like this one. Yeah, I gave it four stars. God bless. First time I raised something in a while. Four stars, you know. Just I thought it was the best match so far of the tournament. Um, out of two. Out of, out of three, actually. Oh, I thought you meant not until that point. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was kind of. I don't know. I, I feel like because Roosh doesn't sell for anybody unless you make himself free. So I was kind of glad how Jay White was finally able to meet the physicality and mm-hmm. Roosh just started selling for him a bit. And it kind of popped me because I 
thought it'd be kind of funny if Roosh didn't take a pit and just went to draws the whole time. You know, <laughs> it'd be kind of beast, but I'm also not a fan of them saying how, how much of a prestigious tournament this is just for the second match of the tournament just to have a low blow. So, mm. yeah, a lot of people did, uh, a lot of people did bring that up. And I think it is fair to bring it up, to be honest, you know. Um, so, yeah, Jay White got three points here, but he did. You know, he hit a, hit a big low blow behind the referee's back. So, you know, not quite clean by any means. Uh, even, saying, go on, go on, Manny, quickly. I was going to say, this is the first time they've ever touched or wrestled, but they had flawless chemistry. They flowed real yeah. good, and they knew what everybody was going to do. Yeah, I don't think they've wrestled against each other. They were in Nutripad at the same time, but Jay White was a young boy, I think, so. Oh, yeah, young boy Jay White don't count anyway. No. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, Ibu, happy Thanksgiving, brother. How you doing? And what did you think of Rouge versus Joe White? Thank you very much. How's everybody doing? Uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to the Russell Pierce audience that's listening. I'm sure most of you guys are just enjoying the day with your families. But if you chose to take time out of your day to spend uh, to spend it and give it to the to the Russell Pierce podcast, uh, we we obviously appreciate that. And shout out to you guys being troopers uh, and remaining workhorses here with this early podcast. Uh, I, I read the the tweet earlier, and it said 5 p.m. or whatever, and I was like, I, I, I think that's what I thought I read. So when I say guys early, I was like, what the fuck are they doing here? I thought this was going to be at 5, 5 p.m. UK, brother. New yeah, even 5 p.m. UK. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nevertheless, uh, thank you for having me. Um, what did I think of Roosh versus Jay White? I'm sure it was a great, great old time. I have not seen it. I haven't seen it. Oh, second okay. Time. More bad. More bad. <laughs> that's fine. I, I you watched any of Dynamite? No, I haven't gotten to. I no, I saw um, I saw a clip of Christian shitting on uh, Nick Wayne's mother, and he called her a Denny's employee, which was really funny. I don't know why that was funny. It just it was just funny because uh, if you ever been to a Denny's, most of the servers are these like thirty eight year old <laughs> wholesome white women, you know. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, like literally. You know, you want more syrup, honey? Like, sure. All right. <laughs> they give you pancakes. Um, I saw that. What else did I see? I saw Dan Housen come out. Uh, he had the mascot. You know, even got home from work. It was the first thing he had to see. Had to pop that in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Get his Dan Housen popping. Yeah. I'm going to watch the show in full, obviously, because I'm a completionist, but uh, the crowd was kind of, like, muted and subdued uh, last night. Um, it wasn't a great crowd, no. Do you guys have any theories as to why that is? Yeah. Territory's not hot at the moment, bro. It's, um, I don't think it's that. I, I think mean, it's Survivor Series on Saturday, but... I, think... I, don't, I don't think the AW crowds in general have been like, particularly amazing. Recently. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think it's a case of hot or cold. AEW before would have three thousand people in the building and they'd be going fucking nuts. We've mm. seen it, you know. I, I think I think it's just that they don't they, they don't put on that type of show for those types of people. What's up? Sorry, I was just looking at what Maddy DMT. <laughs> oh. He's been yeah. very responsible. Carry on a bit, don't mm. No, I was just gonna say I, I just think that like they just construct a show now to uh, like appeal more to like the types of people that like react this way, which are like the more traditional WWE ticket buyers. You know what I mean? Where like they like the catchphrases and the entrances and the gimmicks and like the haha. But like you know, when the bell rings, it's like 
all right, let's just like they just like kind of watch until uh the big stuff happens, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I hear Mark. I heard Mark Briscoe versus John Moxie was great. And oh yeah, I'm not surprised by that. I mean, it's no Mark one Briscoe. is. No one. <laughs> it's Mark Briscoe and John Moxley. Mark is um. You know, I, I wasn't subscribed to the thinking that you guys are saying, especially you, Monty, about, like, maybe we should actually just kind of run with this with Mark. Not, not maybe. Well, we yeah, right, you've been saying... I'm, right? I'm not being skeptical about we, this. Either. We absolutely I'm not win. treading on eggshells here. Mark Briscoe should win the AEW Continental Classy. Wow. Bucky. You want him to win the whole thing? Yes! Wow. Absolutely. I'll tell you guys this. It's like, when he first came in and, and it was post the passing of Jay, it was like, you know, he's a nice, like, mascot to have. But then you keep watching him, like, wait, he's one of the most over guys on all these shows. And he's, like, still really good. And it's like, why not? Why not just, like, just go with it? You know, like, the more I really think about it, I'm like, what really is, the, what's the reason not to? Uh, he's walking goodwill. Everybody loves him. He gets over every time. He has really good matches. I'm looking around, and um, you might as well. You might as well. Uh, I saw Swerve come out, Monty, and he got a huge pop. Right, and that's cool in the sense that like he's a made man after that amazing Texas death match, but mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of concerned of like who's who are the villains of this of, of AEW right? Who are the who are the what? big he- what's up? Can I continue? Yeah, I was saying like who, who are the big villains that get like heat right? And I was thinking, is Swerve not getting heat because they don't have super baby faces? And I was I I, I'm, I still don't have the answer to that. But, but but what I do know is that maybe if you pair like a Mark Briscoe against some of these people, it guarantees that those bad guys do get booed. You feel me? Yeah, is this so, not yeah. what I said earlier? Yeah, it's a very, it's very, that was like a very, like, kind of looser version of the conversation we had earlier. It's like, wow. Is my camera working? We, we were so, yeah, yes, it, no, it's not. <laughs> it's froze. What froze. the fuck, man? Um, so we had this conversation earlier, but it was just kind of like, we were talking about like how we've seen some takes about like our oh, swerve should be a baby face and it's like no get heat on him you know <laughs> it's like get real heat on him because he's better as a baby he's better as a heel than a baby face and uh just because he's got a few cheers because he did something awesome over the weekend doesn't mean that you just give in and flipping baby face you know you get heat on him and whether that's doing something with a cool but like a great baby face like a mark briscoe or something else do you know what i mean but you you don't just you you don't just give in and not flip him baby face, you know, like you, you find creative ways to get heat on him. Um, because if he's a good wrestler, he's naturally going to have moments where he does something awesome on a pay-per-view or something and he comes out on the next Wednesday and some people cheer for him. That's that's very natural, you know. So, um, yeah, there, there's, there's of course, you can just pair him with a Mark Briscoe. You can pair him with other baby faces that they have. Obviously, Hangman was a good one. Um, so, you know. Uh, yeah, even like I said, it's very, very much on what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Mark Briscoe was the example that we used as well. <laughs> like, so right. Um, I think, and and the more you kind of exam- examine the Continental Classic lineup, you know, stupid people will tell you that like this is something that will have no stories and that it's it's this and that. And we all, back, by the way. yeah, he is. He's like hiding from his camera. I don't. I don't know what's happening with that. He's, like, he's, he's ducking and dodging it. I was just gonna say, um, stupid people. I was underneath my camera. I was underneath my my desk trying to find the plug to, to fix it. Yeah. 
stupid people will tell you that like stories won't can't materialize in a tournament or whatnot, but I, I think many can. And um, there's many you could tell with, I mean, there's a couple you could tell with Mark Briscoe if you so choose. I think you can tell the natural one of Eddie Kingston wanting to get back to John Moxley, which would feel really satisfying if we got there. And that's the direction. Um, I think you could tell the story with Daniel Garcia, you know, and, and, and how he approaches this tournament. He could lose the whole fucking thing and maybe get a big one at the end. Or this could be his big redemption project. It's, it's up to how they book it. Um, and then there's guys who are just there to just be savages. You know what I mean? Like, Roosh, is, Roosh could just be there to be a savage. Uh, Man, he wants Roosh to win. No, he wants Andrade to win. Neither neither of those two will win. But I, I think I think on both sides of the bracket, they're, they're there to just be, be fucking monsters. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, which which is fine. Which is fine. Well, well when you watch that uh, that Roosh match, you might say otherwise. Because he might be their best wrestler in that in that little bracket they have going on. In in the Moxley Mark Briscoe bracket, yep, you think so? I know so after last night, after <laughs> I saw them all six guys wrestle. You know what, man? One guy stood out. You know what, Manny? I'm not. I'm not gonna even. I don't know if I agree with you, but I'm not gonna fight you because Roosh is awesome. You know, and 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 right now the level of effort he gives on his weekly TV matches is, is still staggering to me because I remember when he came in an AEW and I, I I didn't expect this from him because he didn't give a shit in Ring of Honor, you know. Like, uh, I was somebody that watched Ring of Honor in those late days, and, like, he was totally phoning it in. And I just thought that he was maybe, like, maybe he was just mid, you know, but he just didn't give a shit. And you saw the immediate difference when he, when he made the switch. So, shout out to Roosh. Shout out to Roosh. Uh, Dynamo, Dynamo, Dynamo. Tony Storm's acceptance speech. Well, you know, it was all in black and white and they tried to do kind of like an Oscar-style presentation with RJ City and Renee presenting, uh, introducing her. Mariah May came out and presented her with the world title. Tony Storm did a acceptance speech. Uh, it was something like shout-out to all the little Tony Storms out there and Anthony Khan and... Um, Wait, man, did you see when, they, when, they, when she said... Uh... To all the little Tony Storms out there, it depends who a girl. Yeah, that was there. She wasn't even paying attention. She wasn't even paying attention. It was very funny. It was one of. I hate this segment, by the way. Really? Yeah. I thought I I thought you'd get into it. No, man. I tweeted (laughs) uh, on an account that may or may not be my main, that they had killed the character for me already. And it's like, they just jumped the gun on it, which was what I was worried about. And now I'm just kind of over the Tony Storm stuff. Yeah. I am too. I, I just kind of thought like maybe you'd get a kick out of like, now Mariah's uh, kind of figured into it and shit like that. No, I love Mariah, but I just want to see her wrestle. Yeah, yeah. but in the back, Mariah was kind of in the background and, Tony Storm was like, all the little Tony Storms out there, as Manny mentioned, and she was like, uh, you won't be able to grow up and be like me, or something mm-hmm. like that. And Mariah May kind of looked really like disappointed that she could not grow up to be Tony Storm. So, um, yeah. you know, Tony Storm, she accepted her she accepted her belt, I guess, and uh, she'd done it in her way. And some people really like this, but I'm not one of them. <laughs> it jumped the shark once it became black and white. I can't get over it. Next thing you know, we're gonna, films. 
Next thing you know, they're going to start wrestling in black and white, and then the promotion is going to be black and white. And <laughs> we already had that thing where a few, I think it was last week or the week before where um, I want to say it was Mariah May opening and closing the door to Sony, Tony Storm's room. And every time the door opened, the screen went black and white. Remember, and it would close and it would go back to normal. It was like you were you were entering the Tony Storm dimension, you know. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 She can she can bend reality, I guess. You know. Okay, and then we had Sky Blue versus Ruby Soho versus Anna J. Um, who got the win in it? Sky Blue got the win in the end. Uh, Ruby was distracted by the whole Angelo Parker, then Soraya being mad at her about its situation. Uh, Anna Jay, of course, was the one that got pinned. Um, oh, man. I just... I'm very... What's the word I'm looking for? Confused? I just... I, I don't get what they're doing with this much sky blue on TV. It feels like, it feels like she wrestles every week. Um... I'm not particularly sure what the end goal of it will be, and if it, even if there is ones you can think of, is that good? Um, I do think there's. I've said this like last week. Like, there's so many other women in the division that I think could do with like even half the focus that Sky Blue has been getting. And it's not. It's not so much a thing of like shitting on Sky Blue. It's just like I'm just confused that a woman that she, where she's at as a talent, given the amount of time she's been getting this year, I just can't seem to make any sense of it um you know she she's not what i'd call good in the ring yet you know i, I wouldn't even particularly call her like solid yet she's like she's improved from when we first seen her when she was like pretty bright green to be very honest but she has made some she has made some slow progression um but i don't think it's a thing where it's like ah, oh, this is one for the future this is a future world champion it's like, i don't think it's like an investment like that, but when you look at how much she's used, like bro, she's feels like she wrestles every week without fail, and it's like I don't get what I'm supposed to be getting out of these matches. I don't, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't understand this. Can someone help me? All I, all they've, I know is, I'll oh, go ahead, Charlie. Go ahead. They've put Sky Blue in a position where she's now leading other talents that like aren't like very good at wrestling, like. There's no nice way to put it. And she's not ready to do that. And it's just making her look worse in the ring. Like, she's not ready to lead Anna Jay through a match. Even <laughs> with Ruby in there as well. Because Ruby's not been... She's been hit or miss in AEW. Yeah. To be honest, in ring. So, like... I don't know, man. It's Sky Blue should not be in the position she's in right now. And that's not a knock on her. Because I do think that she's improved quite a lot. And she's had some, like pretty memorable performances this year but stop throwing her into these and matches she, i think she has i think she's done quite well this year to be honest no, what, what are these memorable performances that she's had did you see that she took off her baseball cap and put on a crown that was pretty cool whoa, whoa. She's, she's left the baseball whoa. Um, now you make me look like a dick because I can't think of one off the top of my head. I know, but... It was quite spiteful from her. You know? like, <laughs> uh, I was a bit fran. Actually, finish your point, Charlie, because I have something I wanted to say about this. I've, I've lost it because one of you fucking threw me <laughs> off. But anyways, I think it's I think it's not fair on Sky that they've thrown her into this place that she's not ready for. Because mm-hmm. I was just getting her slandered 
like online and it's not necessarily her fault when she has been putting the work in to approve. So I don't know. AW, book your women better. I feel like I say that on a weekly basis, but here we are. Yeah, I am. Um, I think part of why it stands out and can be a source for frustration, it's, it's, it's beyond even her. I think it's the fact that like other wrestlers maybe don't get that level of consistent exposure. So mm-hmm. when the one that does get that commitment and treatment is sky blue, it's just a curious choice because very serious because I mean, I'm, let's just, cause I, I'm pretty sure I, I, like besides Orange Cassidy, she has the most TV matches in AEW this year, which is really hilarious. Um, Orange Cassidy's gimmick was that he was wrestling like too much to the point where it was like withering away at him. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, um, could you imagine, Monty, if like Takesha wrestled on Dynamite every week with this level of consistency? Oh, you know, it's, what like I mean? even, it's even like what Charlie said. Like Ruby Soho, she has been hit and miss in the performances this year. But I think from anyone who's watched her for long enough, everyone knows that Ruby Soho can get it done in the ring. She's a solid worker. She can lead matches, etc., etc., etc. But she don't have a consistent enough of matches, so it doesn't surprise me that she is hit and miss this year because she hardly wrestles. You know. Mm. Um, but you want to know who they've got time for? Scott Blue match every week, you know? And it's just, like you said, it's a very curious choice. <laughs> yeah, like, again, like, Takesha doesn't wrestle, like, consistently, and there's other people, too. Well, to be fair, they, they have a lot of men. They don't have, they have a lot of women. All right. They do. You, they do. You, They're just you, stuck on Ring of Honor. I was going to say, like, well, that's the TV. thing. The, the, the choices for, for who gets the women's match on TV is so, like, it's so, um... It, the scope is so short that you you almost think the division's like six, seven people, like it's 2016 SmackDown. Like you would mm-hmm. think, I, I remember I looked at a, one of the graphics, I was like, do they just only have like five ladies now or something? And I like had to scroll back to the roster. I'm like, oh no, that's just, that's just the rotation. Uh, and and I don't even like that excuse Manny of that there, there's more men because I think you should prioritize who you think are the best talents that you can make money with, you know? And um, yeah, I don't, I don't really, you know, I'm not going to go on another rant about, like, uh, do more with Takeshita, but that is why the Sky Blue featuring, like, the, the rate of which she's, she gets the, the time is, is just dubious. You know, it's just, like, the fact that, like, you would think, you, you would hope that commitment was also given to other people that it isn't. So it's, like, why is she the one that gets TV every single week, you know? Uh-huh. So. Yeah, curious choice. Again, Cur- curious, choice. curious choice. Okay, so it's not even like she's one of, you know, like... You know, like, there's certain young talents that, like, even if you don't think they're great yet, you can tell that, like, there's something there and there's a lot of fanfare behind them. I think, uh, who's one I think? Like, like a Billy Starks or someone. You know, mm-hmm. some people have, like, circled her, like, she's one for the future, you know? Uh, she's game, she's so young, she's already at a decent level, etc. People are really enjoying the stuff that she's doing with the fee, you know? Like, if it was a talent like that, then I couldn't... But no one's ever saying any shit about Sky Blue, bro. Like, oh, this, she's going to be, you know, she's a future fucking Observer Hall of Famer. She's going to be a future world champion. She's this, she's that. No one's saying any shit about fucking Sky Blue, bro, from what I see. So, again, very curious choice. I just I just don't get it. Um, Push 199, I appreciate it. I want Perry to be the devil just to see the mount. No, that's very spiteful, and I wouldn't wish it on my worst right. enemy. What, what, how would you guys react if Jack was the devil? Very I'd call on a podcast. Um, <laughs> I would explain the reasons why I think it shouldn't be Jack Perry. I like did like last week. Um, I'd go over those reasons again and talk about how confused I am. 
and talk about how Jack Perry shouldn't be in a spot that big. And uh, I'll just review it like an adult, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll probably protest. <laughs> this this uh, could be a this protest. could be Wade Keller being being messy, but he he put out a report about Jay about Jay White. He said uh, mm. White White wasn't thrilled based on what I've been told with how things went with the build and the match against MJF. Yeah, I'm gonna say, man, it looked like he fucking buried him out there. You know, fucking <laughs> he wanted to do that. It didn't seem like it was unintentional. I don't, I don't know. It'd be, it would be a first, you know. Whoever got Jay White's unhappy with X, Y, and Z, you know, he seems pretty chill. So. I don't know. I felt when Jay did was very special. But it was, it was, it was. Um, Will Chisholm, $10, says, Remember when Paige came to AEW to save the women's division? No. Um, and now she's in a comedy store. That's a grateful pitch for Mercedes to come in. P.S. I think Jay White is winning. Jay White is winning the Continental Classic. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad at it. We spoke about it yesterday on the reaction show. It's like after him getting the shit kicked out of him the way he did on fucking Vulgar, this wouldn't be the worst way to kind of give him something back, you know, and kind of build, try and keep him at like a, you know, a world title. You know, I have a Soraya hot take. Work. Go on. She's genuinely just been, she's been fine since Wembley. Like I know people people jumped on her early on because like the, the direction of her character when she came in AEW was very cringe. It was very like I'm here to save this thing and create a women's revolution. It was very cringe and odd and just like the wrong play to make. And she she immediately turned herself healed by just being that way. And um a lot of the early outcast stuff was just really bad. Um but I, I genuinely think when she won the belt, like she had a good match at um at Arthur Ashe. And uh, she lost it shortly after. Uh, but uh, everything I've seen of Soraya in the last couple months, like it's it's at worst inoffensive, and yeah, um, it's inoffensive. Plus, plus, I'll tell you what, um, I'd I'd actually be more open to watching her wrestle more because I, I I actually think in a weird way, she's kind of getting in the rhythm more now than she was when she was pushed harder earlier, and uh, I'd actually rep be more open to watching her in the ring and doing stuff than sky blue. Maybe that's a missed call on my part. Maybe, maybe I'm saying this and then it happens and I'm like, actually I take that back, but that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. I actually think Saray is pretty fine. Yeah. She's been pretty fine in that time period that you, you outlined. So, mm-hmm. you know, what you said, inoffensive. Um, anyway, after, after the, after the freeway match, unless anyone's got anything else to want to add about it. No, um, I didn't think it was particularly good. But anyway, um, yeah, kind of Wardlow is interviewed. He's interrupted by AR Fox, who I think he's just checking in on him, sort of thing, you know. And uh, Wardlow just hits him with a mean headbutt, you know. And uh, Wardlow's playing no games, is kind of the, the message we're giving us here, anyway. Uh, Continental Classic AW Dynamite main event. Gold League match number three, Mark Briscoe versus John Muxley. Um, I got very worried when I saw the time these two fellas were walking out, but we did get an AW Dynamite overrun last night. Um, I think they went like seven, eight minutes past uh, past the hour. So we did get a full match between Briscoe and Mux. Could it have been a little bit longer? Like I said at the start of the show, I probably would have took some time off the first match and added it to this. 
But still, a very, very good match. I love this. I love seeing Mark Briscoe wrestle because, of course, I do. Um, John Moxley is fucking John Moxley. Briscoe got some colour. Um, you know, this this was just this was good shit, bro. This was good shit. This is the sort of shit that I want to see in the Continental Classic, you know. Uh, Manny, I think you've only got like five minutes left with us until you have to get out of here. So, uh, throw, throw the ball to you first. Briscoe versus Max, what did you think? Um, this will kind of annoy me because it, they're talking about this prestigious tournament and then it felt kind of rushed. Yeah, it, it, did. and you, it didn't really feel like it just felt like any other match. And I don't know, the other two matches felt kind of different. So I, I, w- I kind of hope that they figure how to time these better because I don't know, it just it just felt rushed and it got to the point. And it was just like there was no, I guess this was kind of like a sprint that we were talking about, but it was still awesome. Um, I think this is the first time these two guys touched too, and they created magic. And I kind of wish we saw more of it from them. Same. Same. Yeah, it was like, it was like a sprint, but not quite. Because it wasn't quite... you know what I mean? So yeah, it was, yeah. Like, it, was, it was like in the middle. Um, absolutely, like I said earlier, if we could have took like six minutes off that first match and added it to this, I think we all would have been better served for it, you know? Um because I wish I saw more Moxley being a dick and like he owned this match, but they they couldn't do any of that stuff because they said they were challenged for time. So mm-hmm. I wish we saw a more in depth match between these two guys. Yeah, yeah, man. Hopefully, uh, you know when uh, when Briscoe wins the Continental Classic, he'll need to get his win back. So you know, I'm I'm, I'm down for it. Uh, Charlie, uh, Ibu's obviously not seen it. So yeah, Charlie, what did you think of the main event last night? I wish it was longer, but for what it was, I loved it. This was, it was just very AEW. And I like when AEW's like the company it should be. Um, It was just really cool. The fact that Mark Briscoe got coloured during Picture in Picture is just so fucking real. I have no idea if he meant to or not, but it really added something to the match. And he was getting cheered over John Moxley, who like is the ace. I, I won't like... Like he's the ace of AEW. I'm not gonna stop making that point of why this is why Mark Briscoe needs to win. Like he's already proved why he would be the perfect winner for this tournament, I think. But yeah, I love the match. Very real stuff. I hope they get to have a longer one down the line. It was very real. Uh Ibu, who has not seen the match yet, but when you saw You know, did it make you feel warm and fuzzy inside? You said when I saw what did it make me make me feel warm and fuzzy? And when you saw the Mark Briscoe, John Moxley graphic. Brother, that's real wrestling right there. I, I you know, I, I prefer for the BCC to be defined in one lane or the other. I think like this tweener thing is um, unproductive. Uh, but nevertheless, just John Moxley and, and Mark Briscoe are two real wrestlers. They're two grown men. And you know that when they wrestle, when they get in that ring, you're going to see grown man grabs. You know, they're going to beat the shit out of each other. One of them is probably going to bleed. And it's going to be manly, and uh, and that's just that. Uh, with no bullshit, no frills, and so that's what I expect when I when I pop pop this on later on today, and attempt to watch Dynamite in the middle of Thanksgiving. Uh, so yeah, man, shout out to Mark Briscoe. God bless the man. Uh, does it surprise me that this is the best thing on the show? Of course not. You know these two guys are transcendent performers and two of the greatest of their era. Uh, so. Shout out to both of them. Absolutely. Love them both. Love them both very dearly. Um, but yeah, Continental Classic is underway. Uh, there was a lot of 
what AEW fans call sports entertainment, but I'll always say all wrestling is basically some form of sports entertainment anyway. Um, Monty stealing Simon Miller's gimmick. What's Simon Miller's gimmick? I thought it was the why. That's why, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought that was his gimmick. I thought his gimmick um, was up. Ups and downs. Ups and downs. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe you can explain Triple H's sledgehammer in the uh, in the live chat. Anyway, <laughs> shout out Simon Miller, good dude. Um, yeah, yeah Dynamite was interesting in the sense of like Ibu was Ibu was joking around yesterday. He's like, I want I want it to be like the Continental Classics, real grabs, and then it transitioned into like these wacky, you know, yeah. like sports entertainment esque segments, and that's basically what Dynamite was last night. Um, it was, you know, there was it was. There's a lot of those type of segments now, you know, which are proving quite divisive with the AEW fan base on Twitter, at least. Um, and considering it was the opening day for the Continental Classic, it didn't it didn't feel like a show that had like a like an air of prestige around it because it had so many like segments and stuff scattered throughout, you know. Um, so it was hard to get into kind of like that mode or that feel for the show. Um, I think it is a genuine problem that AEW. I think like me, Joey, but at least we had like a podcast like fucking six weeks ago, maybe even longer than that. And he's like, we were talking about like the identity crisis of AEW. Mm-hmm. So like, they need to pick a lane and pick what their identity is going to be because this hybrid shit at the moment, I just don't think it's particularly like. I don't think it's. I don't think it's particularly like offending anyone too much. Like, well, there is some people who are like proper purists. Excuse the pun, but um. You know, they definitely want AEW to be a certain way. Do you know what I mean? But, like, for the most part, for most of their fan base, you know, especially judging off the ratings and stuff, I don't think their audience is super turned off by this. But I don't think anyone's particularly, like, thrilled with the product at the moment either. You've kind of got, like, this, like, you know, meh middle ground where, you know... um, I just, I just, I think they just need to pick what are they going to be the true alternative, or are they going to try to be like this hybrid thing that they've been doing lately? I just, I just don't know what they should be doing. I, I um, I told, I said, I said this on on a podcast recently that I, based on the conversations I had with people in the promotion, what you guys can expect, and I said this, what you guys can expect, is the compromise era. And that's what AEW is going to be. It's going to be the compromise era. They're not going to completely ignore the hardcore fans. They're going to do what they can to um, give them something. And that's something here is the Continental Classic. But that will not be the whole show. They're going to continue with the direction that they're going. They're, uh-huh. they're, they're not going to stop Timeless Tony. They're not going to stop Adam. They're not going to stop the devil. They're not going to stop Chips or the giraffe or these types of things. The bottom line is they've created an infrastructure to facilitate these things to continue. But that infrastructure being writing, a writing team, and a team that has people like uh, Jimmy Jacobs um, and, 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 and many other names that are, you know, writing these shows. Tony Khan is not going to now tell these people uh, your services are no longer needed. And so to justify their positions, you need to continue those, those types of things on these shows. And I'm not saying that whether I like or dislike, I'm just telling you that's what, that's what, what it's going to be. So what you can expect in the, in the foreseeable future is a compromise. AEW will never be what it necessarily was in the first two years. Um, but it's also not going to be full on in that weird raw light. Way. 
It's not going to be the raw light it was, that just, we were get, getting leading to full gear. You're going to get this middle ground. I just uh, can't. So, I just I can't believe this company would just stand and be like, "Yeah, we're going to be mediocre. We're not going to be good. We're not going to be bad. We're just going to be here and we're going to do all the bad stuff that WWE does. We're just not going to do as good as them." And then everybody everybody talks about how good our wrestling is, but we're just going to do what WWE does. We're just going to do it worse than them. I mean, all I, I know just, is I I I, I, I talked to. I don't think that's how they feel about it internally. But, you what, know? The way they see it, I look. I, I've talked to people extremely high up about this, and I was just like, "So you got? Are you guys gonna like stop that?" And they're like, "No, no." Nope. <laughs> like, they they're aware that some fans find it off putting when it's excessive. They're aware of this, mm-hmm. and their response to that is, "Well, we'll give them stuff that they like," and. And in their mind, it's like, well, some people like this, so we're gonna just Absolutely. do both. And so, money, uh, you can't get out of there. Yeah, I gotta go. But one last thing I have to say is like, it's so that stuff is so boring because if you uh, if you listen to Tony Storm, hardly anybody reacted to her, and when they did react, they just handed what to her. And then MJF, it was quiet during the segment. <clears throat> besides when they first came out and did their boom, it was quiet. And then the only way until MJF started doing know, his. His little things, and I don't know. It just seemed like the crowd was more into it when Swerve was wrestling, and when Roosh was wrestling, and then when John Moxley and freaking uh, Mark Briscoe were wrestling because they were into that. They were into the Roosh match, and then they were into Jay Lethal's match. So, so yeah, it's an interesting balance that we've got to try and find because uh, if they are going to try and find some sort of compromise, you got. I think you have got to balance it more to the, you know, the work rate side, you know. Uh, Manny the Hooper, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Go. Enjoy your party or getting ready for the party or whatever it is that you're going to do. Yeah, right now. I got I got to cook real quick. I got to make I got to make some Brussels sprouts with bacon. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, Manny. Right, Don't later. forget to post your plate, Manny. I want to pop at it later. All right, here we go. All right, have fun, guys. Sweet. I uh, um. You know, we're we're still under two hours, so you know I'm gonna actually. Monty, I'm gonna bring a... Rob. I'm gonna bring Rob. Rob. Ah! Oh boy, they're gonna do a Survivor Series post-show press conference, and people What's are immediately, people are immediately like, "Oh my God, Triple H is gonna have to do a lot of explaining." No, he's not. This he is. You don't think so, Charlie? You know why? We, we we don't have to. We don't put on a bad product, so we won't have to. It's not. Right, about, gonna, it'll it's probably not be a good show, it. but look, the, the same point thing. It's like. As it, look, a, journal, a journalist, media member, podcaster, whatever you want to call it, whoever ends up in that media scrum, it's like mm. someone may ask about punk, even though they didn't last time. They, they um, fucking should. So even if they ask about punk, Triple H could very much eat, very easily turn around and be like, "What would what would you think about saying punk's coming back?" You know what I mean? <laughs> I was gonna say Monty, all right, you're Paul Vega. I'll be I'll I'll say exactly how it's fucking done at these scrums, right? Or, or how I would do it. Yeah, you be Paul Levet, let me ask my media question. No no, I, I would cause cause I'm gonna press I would press this nigga. We'll do <laughs> No, you can be you can be Paul Levet and I'm gonna be <sighs> me. I'm gonna right, be Montana. Fine. fine, go ahead. You're on the podium. All right. Uh, thanks for the month. Montana Vessel Puris. Triple H, question for you uh, regarding CM Punk. Uh, a lot of fans were expecting CM Punk to show up at Survivor Series tonight, and he didn't show. There was some 
A lot of fans were thinking some of the stuff he was doing across TV in recent weeks and months were seen as hints. Can you uh, elaborate a bit more on that and whether WWE do have interest in Mr. CM Punk? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> people speculate a lot of things, you know. Um, what we do with this product and this talent involved, I am so impressed with. I mean, wow. We just sold 17,000 tickets in Chicago. This is a bigger live gate than we got here at WrestleMania. It, it, it blows me away, you know, and the passion of this fan base. I mean, look, I, I encourage that passion. You know, people speculate, people have fun. I mean, it's great. And, and we, we continue to encourage that level of passion for what we do. This Thanks. is accurate. This is accurate. Like, this is one hundred percent what he would say. Yeah, probably. It's, just, it's probably not too far. Someone should clip that and put him side by side <laughs> on on Sunday. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we don't do anything that we don't tell you is going to happen. So <laughs> I don't know what you want to want us to do. The thing is, if it was me though, I'd be, I'd be like Paul. You had Nakamura doing GTSs. You had Seth Rollins and. Corey Graves uh, spouting hey. iconic punk lines. What was that about? Hey, Paul? tough, tough break, nigga. Stop making it. Stop making. Uh, you know. Have you had any discussions with CM Punk, Mister Levesque? Has Has this been something that was planned out potentially? Has Nick Khan had any conversations with the Punk Camp? Have you had conversations with Punk Camp or Punk directly? Was he ever scheduled to be Bruce Pritchard had any conversations? Is he, is he coming? Punk? Is he coming at the Rumble? What's going on here? And he's no. going to go. Look, we what we do. At WWE, best product on for the fans. It's, we put the best product <laughs> for our fans, and and what we will we will continue to do what we need to do to provide that product. Answer my fucking question. Bro, <laughs> I knew I knew I knew those shits wasn't shit when I see niggas from the bump in the fucking press conference. I'm like, all right, bro. Like, all right, bro, what are we doing here? This industry plant. You, and you, I you, all acknowledge you, Roman Reigns. You know, you knew that scrum was stinky when Fightful came out, and they said Triple H expected a punk question at the last one and didn't get one. When they were like, huh, "Is Taylor Swift gonna fight you?" and you were like, what? Yo, I need that nigga banned. He should not be a Survivor Series. Oh, I no, no, Steve's all right. He's a good no, he's not. He is, <laughs> man. He's a good dude. He no, just he asked the question to pop himself and his girlfriend. And Monty, Bro, Monty, 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 at Monty, Elimination Chamber, he asked Triple H, what do you think about your haters? Monty, what would you do if you sent me to media at AW or, fuck, or fucking Survivor Series and there was some shit that needed to be answered, like CM Punk, and I asked about Taylor Swift. What would you do? I'll send you a list. I'll send you a list of questions. You ask, you div- you, you divert off the list of what I sent you. Yeah, uh, like but- if I divert off the list and I asked about Taylor Swift, what would you do? What's going to be the... Oh, go ahead. You get fine, brother. You know? <laughs> Charlie Guys, wanted to ask a question about tag wrestling or whatever the fuck she asked last time. You know, that's a, she got $400,000 and... Monty, what's gonna be this? What's gonna be this scrum's equivalent to the the pickle controversy? Oh my fucking god! This these fucking pickles, man. Is is Jay Uso gonna be like, hey, wrestling media, let me get a yeet, and they're all like, yeet, <laughs> 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 you fucking sheep, you fucking pig sheep, <laughs> you're all compliant. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. Bro, I, I would genuinely, with the way those WWE ones go, would it like. It wouldn't astonish me if the punk question didn't get asked again. <laughs> like, Bro, if they don't ask again, these people are cowards. WWE was expecting one. They literally expected it. Hey, I don't know who's that. I don't know who's gonna be in Chicago, is it? Like, I don't know if Sean's gonna be there. I don't know if you know, like, I don't know if Dave and Brian are gonna be there. I don't know if fucking you know. We, well, I don't, we're not gonna have any representation there. I don't think. That's what's confirmed oh. last time because people were like they tell them what not to ask, whatever. And Sean said like, no, they don't. These people. Are just oh, yeah, cowards. that's bull- yeah, it's bullshit, bro. People do it with AEW press conferences as well. Like, every every press. Oh, the media didn't ask these questions. These questions because they're all shills, and they were told before they can't ask about X, Y, and Z. So. No, that, that's not, no, I've never heard of AEW or WWE saying don't ask about X, Y, or Z at a press conference. The, clo- yeah. the closest, uh, the closest. Hmm? You said something? You said, what, what, what about what they can't ask? No, AEW have never told us that we can't ask about anything. The closest it ever came was uh, to, uh, at All In, where Tony Khan was just like straight out the back of, I cannot address this thing with Jack Perry right now. Right. Like, that is the right. closest it's ever come. In my experience, anyways. Yeah, that's the. Do you that's do you think being there, Charlie? Because I've never been there. You've that. been there. Monty has been there. Do you think there's like maybe an implicit, um, no nope. feeling and potentially understanding nah. that if if I if I ask certain things, I may never be back here. No, nah, no. Nah. You want? Nice. I hate. Wording's important, so I won't say wrestling media because all myself was you know we are i guess technically wrestling media you know well we, especially like with this week like, we started to put out like exclusives and stuff like that like we you know we we make wrestling media we've been to these scrums blah 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 so i don't like to throw all wrestling media into like one group and say oh wrestling media don't do this or don't do that don't do that but i will say that in answer to evie's question about the experience of being there it's like I don't think there's any kind of like underlying, like underlying feeling that oh, I might, I might not be able to come back. I just think that a lot of these people are pussies. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, no one. I, I don't, I don't get. Like, I, I guess some people just aren't that way inclined to kind of like poke at people, which is a very, which is very normal. Not everyone is like that way inclined as like just as human beings. And it's kind of like poke at the bear and be like nosy and whatnot. And right. obviously with journalism, like that's part of it. Like you have to kind of be poking around and nosy and stuff. Whereas, um, and also you got to remember, like a lot of these people at these media scrums are, you know, it's not all, Journalists, it's, yeah, it's not all your traditional like journalists. It's like it's media people. Yeah, it's media things. people. It's podcasters. It's this. It's that. Not people who were going in there with the mindset of like, okay, here's a list of questions, and these are the things that the fans and people want and should know about. You know, they're just going in there and mm-hmm. they're just kind of winging it as they're going along. You know, and uh, you know, some people don't want to ask that awkward question, any, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even the talent and Tony and Triple H are, um, I don't, they've even kind of got a bit comfortable with that. Like, I didn't, yes. exactly, I didn't ask, I didn't exactly ask Soraya about fucking her sex tapes or anything. I just asked her if she's going to fucking wrestle a bit more and she started stuttering and stuff. Do you know what I mean? And it's just kind of like, we've now got into like this mode where it's like, if you do ask something, people are kind of like, oh. 
Oh, he asked the question way. that should be asked. Like it, it, it's right. crazy, bro. It's crazy. I, I'm looking crazy. forward to Randy Scrum because I just feel like he's going to be really funny. Oh my god, I can't wait. <laughs> I feel, <laughs> I feel like my first whole true. thing. You know, oh my god, someone should ask y'all. I'm like, what are your thoughts on Matt Riddle getting fired? You know, <laughs> oh, yo, he's, he's in the chat. Like Nick Hausman, like he stands out because he actually asks questions. Because he does, like Nick Houseman is like he's good at kind of what he does. I know he's trying to like build. He's trying to like build this uh this House of Wrestling um, website, and of course over the summer he's got a lot more spotlight because he's been like you know he's been very close to like the punk camp, and he's been doing a lot of like exclusives from that point of view. But just in general, like Nick Houseman's been around for ages, you know, in part of like wrestling media, and you know he's a very he's a pro, you know, and he, he seems like he's actually you know, like trying to be a journalist. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas a lot of these people aren't even trying, you know? So Hi, Evil Wrestle Pearson. Uh, Hunter, Randy, um, how were creative plans for Randy Orton's return affected by the firing of Matt Riddle? And how was he figured into what was going to happen with Randy Orton returning? They fired my nigga Riddle? R- Rand- That's unfortunate. R- Randy's going to get the mic and be like, uh, I mean, I hit the roads with Matt. You know, he's a... Uh, but you were also a clip of um you remember that free at a table or whatever it's like you saw that really cool series at WWE did where mm-hmm. they'll just get like three legends just talking craps at a table. Mm-hmm. And like Randy Orton saying shit like um you know, like I realised I was old when like people started to come up to me and say, like, yo, I used to watch you when I was a kid, you know? He was like this one dude came up to me. In like I don't know, Target, Walmart, whatever the fuck, wherever Randy Orton was, he was like, <laughs> he was like this dude. He was like this guy was like in his twenties. He had a beard and that. And you, you know who was at the table? Fucking Bruno San Martino. He was like, brother, I have like eight-year-old men come up to me said that they used to watch me growing up. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah. Um, Oh, I love boy. Randy in those kind of settings, you know. Yeah, he 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 acts like he I mean he is old, but he acts like a super old head. You know what I mean? Like Randy, Randy swears he's like fifty eight. You know? Uh, yeah. This this interview was like ten years ago, probably. Exactly. You know, like obviously Bruno was still alive. Do you know what I mean? Randy uh, in the pandemic, he, dude's like thirty eight. He's like those NXT kids, man. They just kind of work a little too fast and they do too much leg slapping. I'm like, you're thirty eight, bro. You're not like. Okay. <laughs> Like, you literally yeah. slap your leg on the punt. Like, what? what? <laughs> Whatever. I'm very excited to see him come back. Um, I'm also excited for Collision, brother. I, I oh, think yeah. The- oh, oh, yeah. Speaking of Collision, I have an announcement. I am officially oh, no. a, I have been officially a collider. I can't Let's do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone last <laughs> night was like, I'm a collider now. Because yeah, I, 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 I foresee that Collision will be the good stuff of the Continental Classic with a subdued version of the sports entertainment in between i think mm-hmm. it'll maybe i'm wrong maybe i get proven really wrong definitely wrong and then i'll take the l on that but i feel like the yeah. show for the next couple weeks is going to be these great matches and the in between is going to just be like stuff that would fit on like our weights on honor club where it's just kind of like less important wrestling rather than like just annoying segments Dude. again maybe i'm wrong but that's the vibe i feel like it's going to be when the dan Housen package came up I legitimately almost ended the Twitch stream with no outro. That's how like infuriated and frustrated I was at the show. I was just like, why? After we just got Swerve and Jay Lethal wrestling, which I thought I liked the match. I don't know about everybody else, but mm-hmm. I was just like, I was just like, what the fuck are we doing, dog? Like, absolutely. 
Let's do um, some super chats and uh, yeah, let's do that. Wrap, wrap it up. Yeah. Any uh, Annie Rudd, I believe. Uh, excuse me if I'm not pronouncing that properly. Forty rupees, five stars. You want to see go AEW from WWE and vice versa. Uh, I feel like that will take quite a bit of time, so we'll cut it down to two each. Um, who would I like to see go from AEW to WWE? Uh, Wardlow and 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 <laughs> Wardlow and um. <laughs> You want me to take it from here, Mister Be- Mister Mister Montel? Yeah, who's your who's your two both ways? Right. Sure. Um, I think uh, Keith Lee would benefit from a change of scenery, and I think so. Would, uh... God damn, <laughs> damn, nigga. Sorry, something's gonna be that fire. I think he'd benefit from a change of scenery, and I think Malachi Black would benefit from a change of scenery too. Should probably go back to the white. Yeah, Malachi. Yeah, I'm going with um, Wardlow, Malachi, not vice versa. Not Vice versa, I would say. Mm, who's not doing that great that could use a change of scenery that would actually help AEW and would be doing well in AEW? Help right. AEW, I'm not sure. Um, I don't or Tyler Bate. I was just about to say, maybe Tyler Bate, because like, Tyler That's Bate. my answers. The thing is, we know what Tyler Bate would be in AEW also. He'd be like the bi weekly collision guy. You know what I mean? That just has like a good match. Uh, but fuck it. Fuck it. Uh, Tyler Bate. And let's do... um. I mean, obviously, like, just selfishly. Because uh, I was doing it more of, like, who would benefit from the scenery. But, like, if AEW could get anybody, like, fucking, you take, like, a Dragonov or a Gunther. You know what I mean? Like, why, why not? My answer would be Tyler Bate and Dragonov. So. Yeah. Bate exactly. and Dragonov is actually a T good one. Um, Aww. Who, what, what was you saying, Rob? He's just oh. been in NXT, Stan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we're, were raiding NXT, brother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Malachi, Malachi, I think, is definitely a good one. Um, yeah, yeah. Wardlow, brother. I'm telling you. Charlie's going to hate this, but I, I think Braun Breaker in AEW would be amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bronson oh, yeah. Steiner in AEW, just calling oh. bitches and just... <laughs> Rex, Rex Steiner. <laughs> Bronson Rex Steiner just fucking... Oh, just being being booked. He would like, look fucking massive in AEW. He would, he, because he, he, thing, he, he'd be bigger than a lot of the guys. He could be called a Steiner. He could curse and bleed. He, you book him like um. You book him like no, maybe. because I don't need a reason to like give up on this bit. I'm too deep into the bit. <laughs> he he listen. I complimented him in a group chat the other day. That is the most you're getting from me. Braun Breaker is what they want Wardlow to be. Uh, Raul, Raul Cardoso said, Braun Breaker's just Wardlow. He is much cooler than Wardlow. He's way better. I think they're very different. Uh, yeah, I, he, he, he's a much better talker, and he, he like is better at like doing non-wrestling on TV, in my opinion. Braun Breaker legitimately had people believing for a week he almost killed a man, by the way. <laughs> I, I want to see him being booked, though, like May 2022 Wardlow. Right, Will choosing ten dollars. Appreciate it. Nothing against Sky Blue, but why can't Willow get that push? The fans love her, and she won the Owen and beat Mercedes Monet, but she's taking L after L. 
Man, yeah. it's very much like yeah. very much like what we were saying earlier, man. It's just it's a very curious choice that Sky Blue is the person that's wrestling 30, 40 matches on TV, you know, uh, this year. Uh, Will choose five dollars. Appreciate you. How's Tony Storm coming to AEW and have a WWE Vince McMahon gimmick? Sky Blue getting that Tiffany Stratton push lol. <laughs> uh, mm. One is actually good. <clears throat> so. Tony Storm came to AEW with WWE Vince McMahon gimmick. Uh, I mean, it's not. I don't think everything based off a film means Vince McMahon, you know. But mm. I understand where you're coming from, though, and obviously, is I guess interesting to look at. Uh, Hush one ninety nine. Appreciate it as always. Is Mercedes a lot for AEW? I don't think so. I think I think it's a lot that she'll appear at some point, mate. I don't. That's not that's, a lot. I don't think it's a lot. But... I don't think it's a lot. I don't think any of it's a lock. It's fucking Mercedes, bro. Like Monty's been like on the fence all year about this, and like justifiably so at this point. You know, like mm-hmm. when I when I ask people in AEW about Mercedes, I'm like, yeah, such a formality, and she'll be here about like Grand Slam, right? And they're like, no, and I'm like, full gear, <laughs> and it's like, no, and I'm no. like, really, and I'm like, well, she's coming, right? And they're like, well, yeah, we expect her to, you know, do some stuff with us when she's ready. I'm like when's that going to be? And they're like, yeah, twenty twenty four. And I'm like, when? How long? Is this like a full time thing? What's the deal? And yeah, the answer is like, it's up to Mercedes, and we don't know. And I'm like, what do you like? What? So, wild card, wild card. Darren Walker for pounds. Appreciate it. When Athena lost loses the title to Billy Starts, do we think Athena gets a big push on AEW TV, or do we expect her to be booked badly in twenty twenty four? Oh, you'd hope so. You would hope so, but when she yeah. does business with Starks, that you know she can move up to AWTV and be booked prominently in that division because she's more than good enough, and we've already seen it, you know. So you'd hope so, but I don't know, mate. I, I hate like, to say it, Monty. This is starting to feel though, like back when NXT was great, and like you almost dreaded the call up for the great wrestler because you're like worried about how they're going to do on the main roster. I'm kind of worried on like Athena on Dynamite. <laughs> She's a collider, brother. Oh, we might be cooking, man. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Athena and Thunder Rose are going to start and carry this division to the promised land. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Thunder Rose, can they hurry up and fucking... Bro. Did she get cleared in the end? Bro, she's been reported. She's been been cleared for ages. They've just got nothing for her. Charlie, she's (laughs) been ready to go since, like, late August. I was, she's not timeless, so you know that's why. That's why she's not timeless. She's she's not been misted like Sky Blue has, you know. So it's same, it's, same thing. It's same is, thing with uh, Willow, by the way. They they're not time. She's not timeless. You know? She did get misted though. She did someone, get misted, but she, she, she was too real. You know, she was Monty, too real for the mist. <laughs> Monty, someone posted Triple H at a scrum and, and posted a quote that said. You see, uh, it's a business, and we as a business always want to do the right thing for the best interest of our fans. Uh, I can't speak to him, uh, but wish him all the best in whatever he wants to do next. Like I say, never say never. I could, I could, I could see him saying that. Uh, Darren Walker, four pounds. Appreciate it. the problem with the continental classic. There's no big prize at the end. Could have the winner get a world title shot at the Revolution, having defended the prize until bro. What are you talking about, Darren? What are you talking about? The winner gets the triple crown to alt, bro. Like, you get three <laughs> belts. Like, it's three belts. A little bit off on that one, Darren, but 
you know, it's an early podcast today, so we'll let you off. Will cheers on four times. Appreciate EO's reaction of that Tyler Swift question was like, Are you kidding me? It took Bailey and Dakota to get her to answer. Yeah, she called him crazy. She's like, yeah. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? I mean, I think I've still got I think I've got it saved on Anyway, um yeah, let's wrap it up then. Two hours fifteen in. Um yeah, AW Dynamite review, Continental Classic got underway. We had the return of the Hooper, who has gone to make his Thanksgiving food. Uh, Ibu passed through, Rob passed through, me and Charlie. We, we just don't miss dates, you know? Don't. We just well, do not miss these dates, brother, you know? Unless you're out of the country. Yeah. And even then, you pulled up for a bit. Um, I did. I did turn up for a bit. You know? But yeah, we appreciate you guys for tuning in to this early edition of the WrestlePurist podcast, uh, Thanksgiving edition. Hope you guys in the States are all having a wonderful Thanksgiving and have a great dinner. And you can have a loving... What? What? There's one last super chat. There's one last super chat. Yeah, I think there's one more super chat. Custodian X is keen for 99. Appreciate it. Shout out to my big bro, Rob. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> That's the moment that Rob pulls up. Uh, come through to the PC. I'll introduce you to everyone. Fam. I need to go to the, the parties. I already got my nostrils ready, brother. We, it's time. Uh, God bless. God bless. Uh, Rob, Rob's going to be in touch. But yeah, man. Um, yeah. Rest Previous Podcast, episode 106. Please like and subscribe. Uh Make sure you hit the like button. You know, I always kind of get carried away and don't plug that enough. But please like the video on the way out. It does help us out. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. That goes without saying. Thank you for all the super chats that we've got. And, um, yeah, man, we will be back probably. To, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Should be back tomorrow if we've got enough things to talk about with Joe Hall. But uh, Friday evening, there's no rampage because... Been moved it to Saturday, so Saturday we'll probably be doing like a big watch along on the Twitch as well. So keep an eye on the recipes page, and we will be back tomorrow. Uh, like, subscribe, thanks for the super chats, thanks for watching, peace. <laughs>